0: Welcome to Conservative Patriot Nation, new members and returning members. Tonight we have a fantastic show with some very strong voice patriots. And tonight's show is Black Voices of America. And God put it on my heart to put this show together because strong black conservative voices tends to not be heard because the system doesn't want black strong voices to be heard now malcolm x once he awakened is when they knew they had to silence him and for the record malcolm x was a conservative many people don't know that but i had to shed light on that and tonight's show is going to be so much fire that uh i think they're going to get rid of the carbon tax and say we need to bring in Black Voices of America tax because Trisha, Ruben, Derek, and Laverne, they bring fire and they don't hold back. But before we start the show, I'd like to recognize a couple of our sponsors, Mike Lindell. Mike Lindell has been a guy that has been fighting the good fight. He's been putting his money to the fight for freedoms and exposing evil. And if you go to mypillow.com and use promo code CPNN, you'll get up to 66% off your purchase. And Mike Lindell is not just doing it for conservatives or Republicans, he's doing it for everyone in America. So that if you're a Democrat, a Republican, your vote matters. And if there's no legitimate votes, then your vote ain't mattering. So I think everybody needs to get behind A free, fair, and an honest election. So if you go to mypool.com and use promo code CPNN, you'll get up to 66% off your purchase. And last but not least, I'd like to recognize the late, great Dr. Zelenko. It was a pleasure to have him on here with us, a man that really fought a good fight to save lives during a time where evil was showing itself. And sometimes you don't know evil until evil looks you dead in the eye. And I think a lot of us awakened by seeing evil look at us and if you go to zstacklife.com you'll see a lot of great products that dr zelenko left us and use promo code cpn and you'll get five percent off your purchase and last but not least i'd like to thank all the black voices of america that came on to join us tonight hey trisha hey reuben hey Derek, hey laverne right.
1: Hi. (laughs) Hello. Hello, I'm here.
0: (laughs) All right, I guess since Ruben is on the top here, uh, we can start off with Ruben, but then we can go down the line to Tricia, Derek, and then Laverne. Can you give the audience a little bit of your background and the moment you realized you needed to take a stand for justice?
2: Okay. Well, I'm, me just, thank you for having me on. I appreciate this opportunity. Hi, I, I, Laverne. Laverne Spice, I really love you. I like your fight. Uh, I grew up in uh, Homestead, Florida City. Down south. If you can listen to how I speak, I got like a little southern swing there. A uh, swag. I think you said southern swag there. But I, I grew up uh, someone who was always being pushed around when I was a kid. Uh, I had to fight Bullies every day. Uh, it wasn't a day of peace for me as a kid, but I was always somebody somebody that was always reading. I was always studying. I was always trying to figure out the un- the untold truths as a kid. So that was that started my journey. The bullying, it taught me to fight. It taught me to fight people back, stand up for myself, and then start standing up for others. And uh, I went off into the military for a brief period. Uh, My life was also changed when my brother was killed by a uh, Colleen, Texas, police officer. That also was a a time in my life where I began to become more aware of the injustices that flow. I don't I don't uh, thought that experience that experience had made me and it placed me on this path where I went back to school. I got a bachelor's degree in business administration and. It's just been on and on. Right now, currently, I work with Curly House uh, as their director of uh, grants and marketing, always getting a chance to give back, seeing the the people's pain, and that's what makes me who I am. So my life now is about giving back. I'm giving back now as a candidate running for a, a, a Florida congressional district 25. That was a position I took on last year. I believe I won because I fought it. The 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 uh, irregularities all the way to the first district court of appeals, and the court sided with my argument. And the other the other thing is history. So I'm here. I'm with all the other voices out here fighting the good fight of faith, believing my God. This is this will change because we're gonna make a change. So that's who I am. My name Ruben Young, Florida Congressional District
3: Twenty Five, Thank you, Ruben.
1: Trish? Hi. Well, thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure and it's an honor. Um, so I have always been a fighter, um, much like Reuben, Not, I wasn't necessarily bullied, but I would be the one who would stand up for the kids that were being bullied. Um, I never, I, I anywhere that I saw injustice in any form, no matter how small or large, I always felt the need to speak up. I think it's just in my blood. It's who I am. And so, I have. I'm a former educator. For those that don't know me, I was in education for 20 plus years as a teacher, a quasi administrator. Um, I have a background in nursing. I have a nursing degree, um, and I taught science because of that degree. And I actually so law is my second career. Um, and I actually it's interesting because I left education. Intending to fight for um, education legislation, because being in the belly of the beast, you get to see exactly what's going on. And so because of the disparities and the discrimination and the injustices that I saw in, in education, that's what and the criminal justice system, which to me, they were linked. Right. The school to prison pipeline. That was my push to go to law school and to leave education because I said, you can't you can't fight the system that's feeding you. So you have to get out of it in order to tackle it. And not seeing COVID coming and COVID took my fight to a whole nother level. And um, COVID being the great revealer and what I call the greatest Trojan horse um, project that has ever happened in the history of America. Um, it just took my fight to a whole nother level. And as I said, when I see injustice, I have to speak up. And so I did it as a child. I did it in my education classroom. I did it in the district with the district liaisons with central office. Um, And so I'm doing it now in the courtrooms and wherever you give me a platform, if I see injustice, I'm going to speak out about it. And so with the legislators and all. So that's who I am. Appreciate you,
0: Tricia. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs)
3: Mr. Dick.
4: Well, hello, sir.
0: So can Mr. You- Gibson, can can you give the audience a little bit of your background? And when did you realize you needed to take a stand for justice?
4: Well, my name is Derek Gibson. I am a New Yorker born in Jamaica, Queens, New York. Uh, left at an early age, parents moved to the South, raised around Atlanta, Georgia area. Uh, Went to high school, graduated, went off to college, won a scholarship to go off to college, got earned a degree in automotive technology. Uh, left college, uh, got interested in uh, trying to get my pilot license in aircraft. So I got my daytime flying pilot license. I left that alone for a minute and I moved on to opening up transmission repair shop. Uh, that's where I made my living at mostly. After that, I got burnt out on doing that. I went back to college, got a degree in criminal justice, and I worked in law enforcement briefly. I didn't like that, uh, and I decided to run for office because I seen how the system was set up. I seen it was a two tiered justice system. I had run in with the law myself as a young man. And I said, uh, it's not enough to complain. We have to run for office and see, can we change these particular things? So that's what I did. I've been very involved in in politics. As you know, my cousin worked for uh, President Trump. Dr. Ben Carson was in the Trump administration. My daughter was uh, Diamond Gibson, worked in Congress. And I was just very involved and am still very involved because I see our nation in a rapid decline, uh, spiritual decline. And I don't like where it's going, so. I have kids and grandchildren that I'm out here fighting for, and I want to change the things. I am not, I'm a Republican, but it's both sides of the aisle is crappy, if you ask me, both sides. It's not beneficial to the people themselves. And uh, I don't know, I guess independence is a way to go or whatever, but I am very sad about what I heard uh, Ken Paxton speak about tonight and how they tried to railroad him and how the justice system is set up not for the. Uh, normal man, and it's just it's breathtaking. After coming off that tonight, it is completely breathtaking, and it really has me down. I have issues in the family also, so I can't stay on long tonight, and we the only thing I see short of a civil war, I'm just going to be honest with you, is with everybody, with whole taxes, because we are funding tyranny at the state level, at the federal level, and they're using our money uh, to run this tyrannical government, so All the other things we are doing, oh, yeah, let's keep doing them, too. But we have got to notch it up a step. Without notching up a step, we're going to lose this entire country. When I tell you I'm on the inside looking out, it is terrible, worse than what the average person sees. And thank you for inviting me tonight.
0: You're welcome. Thank you, Derek. Miss Laverne. Hello, Mike.
5: Thank you for inviting me on. I am originally from the Carolinas and um, I grew up very much like Tricia, fighting for those that was afraid to fight for themselves. Uh, Bullying was never a problem with me, but I just didn't like the fact of kids that were afraid they got picked on. I always stood up for them and always fought for the less fortunate. I always enjoyed helping my elderly neighbors that were elderly. So in the meantime, as a kid, in between playing with the other kids, I would help my neighbors cut their grass or clean their house and stuff like that. I just enjoyed helping older people. So when I grew up, I left home, came to Miami. Met um, someone that became my mentor. I have a real estate in background, uh, in background in real estate, but um, working in the shop, growing up in shop, led me to my passion. After my mentor died, um, started a food bank and started uh, feeding people. That was twenty three years ago, and um, every year we provide food for over 100,000 families right here in Miami. And like Ruben said, we work together. That's our passion, helping people that really need it the most. One thing we know that our seniors that have worked all of their life to build this country, many of them are truly struggling. Many of them don't have food to eat. But because they're very proud people, they're not going to talk about it unless you have that type of relationship with them. So that's basically what we do. We help the young mothers survive. We help everybody survive. I mean, you know, we uh, with my program, we cut out the red tape, so you don't have to be from this zip code or that zip code. We don't play the zip code game. If you need help, and you come to us and you say, you know, you need help, we try to help you with whatever it is that you need help with. Also, what we have been seeing, um, I would say like the last year. Is that we have a lot of people showing up to uh, come coming to ask for help that are coming from the Ukraine. We have people coming from Venezuela, uh, Cuba, Nicaragua, Russia, uh, and some of everywhere else that are showing up in the middle of the hood in Miami to ask for help. And uh, they're also getting help because a lot of them, when they come, they already have a place to stay They have a Medicaid card and a lot of uh, Americans that worked all of their life can't even get a Medicaid card. But when they show up here, they have that Medicaid card. So to me, it's like, you know, we have a lot of injustices that are taking place. Um, Also, I ran, I'm running for Congress, uh, Congressional District 24. I also ran for the same seat last year last year we had a lot of congressional candidates all across the united states that ran on the american first platform they put their heart their soul and everything else into these races last year only to sit back and watch at the last moment somebody that nobody ever heard of just jumped into the race like they did my race nobody never even heard of this dude that jumped into my race and uh, he paid the fee, and the fee to get in a congressional race in Miami is $10,000. So he didn't raise any money, but he came up with the 10000 He said somebody donated it to him, and uh, he got into the race, and he won. And that was the same thing taking place all over. It was with the candidates that were very strong, very outspoken, everybody out here fighting. You know, and we all supported one another, but all of us lost. So I think that just goes to show, you know, like what we got to fight against. Because it's like these elections, they're just stealing them. They're putting whoever they want to put into the seat. So at the end of the day, we have a lot of work to do to stop that.
0: Yeah, I agree, and I, I want to thank you for uh, all the stuff that you're doing for the, the people in need. We definitely need a lot more of that in this country, especially when you start seeing uh, all these people in Ukraine getting all this money, and they're getting, what, $700 to the people in Maui, and then we got homeless veterans. I mean, we've got a vet right here on the chat that's an admin, and um couldn't believe how terrible the VA is treating vets. So, hopefully, a lot of that changed, and we just need more kind, loving people in this world. I do have this, uh, I do have several questions for, for all you guys, and, and I know you guys live in different areas, and there's different sets of evil in all the different areas. Can you, Patriots, give your opinion on how evil has benefited the awakening of America, and most importantly, Black America? As we know, one step closer to unity is their biggest fear. So, if you guys can can break down like the evil that you've seen in your community, how it's benefiting people? Because what what I see, I see the more evil that these people show, which I embrace it, because the more evil they get. My mother, that grew up in the fifties, that was so programmed, that always went to the Democrat side, is now like fired up to the point where my eyes pop out of my head sometimes. So in your communities, how has evil benefited the awakening of people in your neighborhoods? And how is it benefiting black and white coming together more now than ever? Because we're, you know, everyone's starting to realize, wait a minute, we ain't the enemy. These people's evil because one thing i will say real quick and i'll let you uh go uh laverne and then trish and then Ruben. i think uh Derek gibson dropped off is they always want to divide us through division no matter what it is black folks and and this is for everybody i i don't want to make any other race feel like it's just a black thing but <clears throat> black folks is not going to allow these folks to be showing their son a book on how to have <laughs> sex with another man. So with, with, with that question, could you guys just go over what,
5: how it's benefiting? Well, one thing I would say, Mike, um, you, it's just what you said. They have done, the Democrats have done such a great job of brainwashing, you know, especially the older black people and sometimes when you're trying to talk to them and you're trying to explain to them exactly what is taking place, it's just like, you know, people look at you like, well, what in the hell are you talking about? But nonetheless, we can't give, give up. We got to continue to try to explain to them and get them to understand what's taking place. But it's just what you just said. First of all, with black people. If you, if a teacher is going to send their son home, like I saw on social media with a dress on, then you know if they get ready to have some problems because uh, Black people ain't going to go for that like that. That is not about to happen. And then so also with those books in the library, that's the next thing that they're going to have a serious problems with. You know, some things you might could fly by your head, but when it comes to stuff like that, we are not going for it. And we're definitely not going to go for having a man uh, 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 that thinks he's a girl that uh, is coming into the locker rooms or the girls' fitting room. And he has to get undressed in front of the daughters that are already in there. No. We're going to fight that one very hard. Very hard. And they know that.
0: Absolutely, thanks, Laverne. And we'll, we'll go to Trish and then Ruben. What I would say real quick is in my black family, when my female cousins was getting their diaper changed, you had to get out that room.
1: <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I just wanna say, <clears throat> I agree with both of you. What I What I think is happening is that the more they push, right? The more they are opening people's eyes because people are wondering, What's going on? And so the forcefulness of the agenda um, is what's causing people to react and to now start to think. Those people that were asleep that were just you know, I don't hold the um, the older black um, our, our older citizens. I don't charge them because they are a lot of them who are still loyally democratic you know blindly democratic um they're stuck in the era that they lived in right so for instance my grandmother who just passed recently she we're from jamaica that's where our family's from my my i'm first generation born in america um my grandmother came over here through kennedy's program when jfk was in office and he opened up you know america and said you know let other people come in from other countries, let them come in, even if they're domestic workers or whatever, but give them an opportunity to come and, you know, benefit from America. And so my grandmother came legally to America, not the way that they're doing this now, with just opening borders and just having people flood through. She came through that program and through that, she was able to work and she brought my cousin's over, her husband over, my mom over. And so my family came through that program, through being sponsored. Everybody came in through a job. You know, they were sponsored. They were able to save, buy a home, you know, from there. And so for her, she she was stuck in that Kennedy era. She was stuck thinking, you know, a, a stuck with that democratic um, perception in her mind. And so I had to work on... You know, showing her what was going on, trying to tell her it's not the same, you know, as back then. I understand why you are loyal, you know, to that and why you have um, a sense of um, loyalty to them, but that's not who we're dealing with today, you know. And my mother, she, she's a little bit more flexible, but still, she still benefited from that. So I don't charge them much with that. I think it's just giving them the information and helping them, you know, to see it. And then getting them off of, mainstream media and showing them alternative news you know what i mean and giving them other things to look at because mainstream media is there to brainwash it's there to direct your thoughts it's there to control your thoughts and to control the 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 population's um um perspectives and their actions and so if they're just sitting and watching what those the powers that be watching what they want them to see, then they are going to remain loyal to this agenda, unknowingly, you know, falling prey to what's going on. But I think the attacks on the persistent attacks on Trump, um, it's waking up a certain section of black America. Um, it's waking up even 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 white America. America, period. But I think the the constant pushing, I think they thought that if they did things in open view and made it so bold i remember was it Yuval harari i believe that said they can put things do things in place plain sight right now because it doesn't matter what you tell people they only believe what comes across on the news and on the smartphones right but it's a it it's trick-or-treat for them they thought the bait and switch was going to be um, beneficial to them but it's actually not they have literally started a revolution and a movement from this this pushy agenda and this this tyranny and this usurping of, of authority into every area of our lives they are now causing people to push back and when you start to touch the children when you start to attack ad- adults us it's one thing when you go after the elderly you 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 start something and you 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 know you 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 spark something in, in, in people on that realm. But when you go for children, when it comes down to the children, it's a whole another situation. And now people really start to open their eyes. So just like um, Laverne said with the, the books that are in the schools, this whole agenda that's being pushed where children are being groomed through the schools, that is definitely going to get the attention of people. But it's going to take people like you and me to cause that to happen because unfortunately, most of the average citizen is unaware.
3: You know, Tricia, that's,
0: that's 100%. And, well, I know in the city of Milwaukee, if you don't have cable, you only have like four, you only have like a handful of stations. And those people are only getting the local news. And the local news ain't talking about what's in them books. And whenever there's a local uh, government hearing and and you got a politician calling them books out, they're definitely going to edit that part out. So you are absolutely right. And that's why I found out in my heart to have this show so this gets to the uninformed people. And I'll be sharing. I'll be sending this to all my family members. And and you're absolutely right about another thing. This ain't just about Black America. This is all Americans, because a lot of Americans that didn't see this before now sees it. But what's very important, and it's very important in my soul, is to reach Black America for the simple fact that these evil people created a line in the sand to divide Black and white. And the most dangerous thing to these evil people is Black and white people coming together. And the more evil they get, I see black and white Americans getting closer and closer and black Americans that have been indoctrinated and programmed with the illusion is starting to see past
1: that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just, it's, you know, they're, they're pushing us together because we're starting to see how we're more alike than we are different and how when it comes down to it, it's all about them. It's, they don't care about humanity. Right. They don't care about humanity. And if you don't fit into their circle, their world, their their on um, their level and in their particular group, then you're an outsider and you're expendable. And so what's happening is that people are realizing black, white, it doesn't blue, green, purple. You are expendable if you are not considered part of that level or that group. And so that's what's happening. So it's literally a fight against humanity and a fight for our lives and a fight for our freedoms. Definitely.
0: Absolutely. Thanks, Trisha. And, and Reuben, can you give your opinion? I'd like to hear your take on how evil has benefited the awakening of America, and most importantly, Black America. And the most dangerous thing, like I said before, is Black and whites getting one step closer to unity. So I'd like to hear your take, Reuben.
3: Oh, you're muted, Reuben. Oh, okay, can you hear me now? Yes, sir. All
2: right, so um, let me let me start off by saying we all sh- share in life experiences. Sometimes our experiences may be a- somewhat different, but when we bring it home, it's one the same. You know, fear and bullying come in all forms. What angers me the most is our black churches, our black ministers, our black pastors. How still them bringing forth information that's truthful. They're now bringing information that's complete and total lie. Uh, right is now wrong. Wrong is now right. And some of the things that we used to talk about in our church, we don't even talk about that anymore. I mean, let's just be real. Let's talk about the real truth about how we allow generations to be misinformed because some of the information we used to get, we used to get in our Sunday school classes. We used to get in our services. We was about community. We was about unity. We was about looking after one another, building the type of relationships that you need so you can move those relationships to something great and something better because we knew one another. I mean, I lived in the community where I knew everybody that lived in my neighborhood. Everybody that, from the neighbor next door to the neighbor in the next street, we was a community. I, I didn't live in a community that that didn't know one another, community of strength but that's what we have today. We have individuals or people in our community that don't even care to get to know you because there's no relationship, there's no no dynamic or relationship. That's one of the things that anger me and I just just have to be real about that. Another thing that angers me is how our criminal justice system is completely biased, It's completely unfair. We have judges and you have attorneys and no disrespect to Trish. Because I know quite well she's a good one. But I used to work in the courthouse. I, I'm the first African-American to run for Miami-Dade County Clerk of the Court. And I used to work on the Honorable Richard P. Brinker. Richard Brinker was a man of integrity when I worked in the courthouse. And there was some accountability in the courthouse. And You know, you have a lot of judges and a lot of prosecutors and sometimes those defense attorneys that when they want to make a win, they create evidence to convict. They put innocent people away for life because they don't have the resources to fight that evil, to fight what's going on. But the way that evil has now turned around, because we now see Donald Trump as an honorary black man, because what we've been complaining of, people been complaining. And I had my brushes with that bad experience, being falsely arrested and have to spend time using my money to undo the damage that they put on me, not because of what I did wrong but because they, they, they're just that evil. Some people that work in that system are that evil, they're that mean, and they don't care about your civil rights. They don't care about your constitutional rights. All, all they know is them against you. If you buck the system and you speak out against the system, then you are one of the bad guys and they're the good guys. So, I'm, I mean, work in that system and see how it has now changed and see how they have done Donald Trump. That evil is bringing America together because I posted on my Twitter page that Donald Trump is now uh, an honorary black man and that you all have made him a martyr. So let my people go, because if, I, if I'm correct, Tricia, the violation of one law invalidates all law. How are you going to say that we are republic? We are a country that adhere and, and, and obey our own laws. When well, you have certain individuals, certain elite individuals believe that, that the law does not apply to them. That it applies to you. It applies to me. But it doesn't apply to them. That is wrong. We need a one, one-tier rule of law in this country. We don't need a, a law for the Republicans. We don't need a law for the Democrats. We need one-tier uh, uh, a set of rules. So we'll know how to play this game. So those things that I feel deep within my heart drive drive me. When I when I first walked away from the Democratic Party finally, the first place, one of the first places I went was in Liberty. Uh, we got we call it Liberty Square. I was across the street and I was looking over in Liberty, Liberty Square, and I saw, I saw the matrix, Mike. I couldn't believe that all this time I thought I was okay that I thought that the way the Democratic Party was was uh, nurturing black people was okay. But when I walked away after President Trump and Laverne and a lot of those people uh, came into my life and they showed me a, another way of looking at this, I said myself, the Democratic Party needs to be ashamed how they have taken away the legal status, the legal standings of a people uh, by bringing all these other people here to interfere with their way of life, make them more competitive, because, you know, Mike, this is a plan. This ain't just happened. This this was a plan that they put on paper many, many years ago, 30, 40, 50 years ago, to to put the community in that type of state of involuntary servitude. So now you have to figure out, how do we get through this? How do we survive this? Well, the way we're going to survive this, because that's what this evil is doing, you see people united. We're now becoming the United States Of America, thank God for what they're doing to Donald Trump. And anybody to see what they're doing to Trump, if they can say within their hearts of heart that their system is justified, then go back to that that, that person who's been locked away for 30 years uh, on a a, a nonviolent fraction. Go back and talk to that person that's sitting in jail saying that I, I didn't commit the crime, but I'm doing the time. You have people now coming forward, being set free after 30, 40, 50 years in the system, finding out that they were innocent, that they did not commit the crime. But you got some evil, evil people in that system. And that system needs need to be destroyed, and it needs to be rebuilt from the inside out. And I have said that they need to probably replace, it, replace those bad judges with uh, uh, artificial intelligence. or We put people like Trisha at the helm. Let her be a a good judge, the the just judge instead of the unjust judge. So, yes, I am angry how they have brainwashed out uh, the black communities. I want all the black Democrats to walk away from that Democratic Party and come into the truth because the Republican Party is the party of Frederick Douglass. The Republican Party is the is the uh, friend. Of Abraham Lincoln is the Republican Party that passed the first civil rights legislation, and the Democratic Party took that and spent it and made it look like it's all them and not us. This is the party of choice. This is the party of God. This is the party of truth. And if, if for any Black Democrat to hear my voice, walk away before it's too late.
3: Wow,
0: wow, that was powerful. And that was very true. And I mean, you brought you brought some heat. Um, wow. You know, it, it, like I said, one, once once I moved out of the environment, I was able to see like when, when I was a younger teenager living in Milwaukee and I'd be around my family members for a family gathering that lived in the suburbs and they would talk about you know how bad Milwaukee is and it's so scary and dangerous. And I used to sit there and listen like, man, I'm like catching the city buses. I'm hanging out with my friends and it's not that bad. But once I moved out of the environment, You know, I'm like, oh, wow. And everything, like I said, it's so clear now. I mean, we we grew up poor. Uh, Me and my brother did well for ourselves because we wanted better. So I don't take back our upbringing. But I mean, we were on food stamps. um, But now I see the game. I see the system. And then I learned about Linda B. Johnson, sending guys in suits to black households, telling the female, you know, as many kids as you have, we're going to cut you a check. That was a great program to get a father out of the household. So then, you know, there's, and you guys probably have family members that have relatives that have all types of kids, and none of them kids know their father. And, um, People watch the news and they say, well, why don't they discipline those kids? You know, it's because the parents ain't disciplining their kids. No, you have a bunch of boys growing up without a father that has a bunch of anger, frustration, very emotional and has no love for the next person. And it's easy to fall victim to gangs or whatever going on inside that environment. That's the problem. It's not the well, the parents could do better. But it's the government that created this, and that mother that has to work several jobs just to take care of her kids is less time being with her kid. And then you got the government programming that kid. And now, if we look, we're starting to find out that there's other countries that are funding these professors to program our kids. I mean, it's so deep. And just like we were talking before we went live, they're the ones that kick the jobs out of communities that are now poverty communities. My aunt passed away, and I went down to Jackson, Mississippi about seven, eight years ago, and we were driving to the graveyard, and I looked at my aunt I says, man, now I see why the crime is real bad and most people down there are selling drugs because they're, all the businesses are abandoned. There there's, I mean, <laughs> If you want to get a job, you got to go to Nissan, which is a long, a ways away from Jackson. And if you don't have a vehicle, it's going to be tough. But, I mean, you can go to many different inner cities, like in Milwaukee. These big manufacturing factories are now turning to condos. But if you go back to the 80s and the 70s, there was a lot of middle-class Black people it's all making sense. There's a YouTube video that I'll send to all you guys when we're done with, uh, I believe it's uh, uh, Crazy Bone from Bone Thugs and Harmony, breaking down how hip-hop got infiltrated. And allegedly, these guys came into the meeting telling these rappers, if you rap about bitches, guns, hoes, killing uh all this stuff you can get stocked into private prisons because we need to keep the prisons populated when you look at this system for america's downfalls it has been a program planned by the government and, and i'm going to get off that kick because i can keep on going because I, I really take a lot of passion and in the destruction of what's what's really going on with these evil clowns and i'll just leave it at that Uh, I'll go on to to the next question here for all you guys, and we'll we'll go in order. Can you explain how they took the shackles off the hands and feet of Black America, placed it on the brain to camouflage the enslavement of all Americans? And then we'll start with with Ruben, Trisha, Derek's back, and then Laverne.
3: Okay, Uh, thank you again. Thank you again for that opportunity to be on your program, Mike.
2: Okay, so, you know, we, we, we're talking about years and years of indoctrination, years and years of conditioning. It's like uh, training, training somebody to do something the same way over and over and over again. We went through the period where in Birmingham, Montgomery, Alabama, black people wasn't allowed to sit uh, at, the, at the front of the bus. You had to go back. And that went on for years and years and years until a young man and a woman named Rosa Parks decided she wasn't going to take that any longer. A young man by, by the name of Dr. Martin Luther De King decided that he would assist her because he knew who she was. She was a secretary for the NACP. But you're talking about a, a place that where you have all these people paying their money to get on the bus. To get the same amount, the same exact money to ride a bus to get to work, ride a bus to probably go to school, ride a bus to probably go to the library, and ride a bus to go to the grocery store. Paying the exact same amount of money. Then you had a, people say that we weren't going to take it. Community came together, Mike. They decided they weren't going to ride the bus anymore. They, they all agreed, the community agreed, that we wasn't spending our money on riding that bus and that we would uh, fake it till we make it. We created carpools, we uh, had taxi drivers, Uh, giving you rides for free wasn't even charging. So then we go and we get a decision from the United States Supreme Court that that was unconstitutional to bar to treat people like that, and and you a public facility. Okay, so now we, we get a right to sit at the front of the bus, but what do we do? After we get that right, we did all that fighting, did all that dying, did all that standing up, now, in modern day times, the first place a lot of us go is to the back of the bus. I don't sit at the back of the bus. When I get on the bus, unless there's no seats. But I'm proud for the fact that we fought and we fought to earn the right to sit. So you're talking about conditioning. And now that, that we're supposed to be free, we're not free. Because a lot of us still, every day, uh, although they don't take the, 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 the chains off our feet, but they put the shackles in our mind. Because some of us are doing the exact same thing, giving up our uh, status as citizens. Uh, we're allowing people to call us minorities. I'm no damn minority. I'm, a, I'm with the majority. I'm American, according to my birth certificate. I was born here in the United States of America. I'm a natural-born citizen. I'm not going to allow them to define me. No man define me. I define myself. Because when, they, when you allow them through the conditioning. To tell you that you are something less than what you are, you begin to behave that way. You begin to act the way they want you to act because they don't want you to feel like you're part of the 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 the, 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 the community, the American community. So you you relegate yourself to a lower state by saying that the narrative that they sing, or you a you are colored, or you a Negro, or whatever that is, that the words that they they try to define you. That's the shackles. That's what we need to break because there are a lot of benefits. And being an American citizen, but you don't re- you don't receive that benefit. They put this wedge between Democrats and Republicans instead of saying, oh, you are you a citizen or non-citizens? That's, that's part of the conditioning to create the type of internal civil war among Americans and not focus on the real problem. It's citizen- citizenship versus non-citizenship. You have a lot of non-citizens in that Congress. People, or not even citizens, are sitting in that Congress. That is a de facto, illegitimate Congress when you have people passing laws that has no real substance. Those laws cannot be the laws of the land or the supreme law of the land. So we're talking about years and years of conditioning, and we must break that by getting the type of food, the type of information that nourishes our bodies as well as our mind, Mike. 100% right, Ruben. Um...
0: I remember I was watching a video with uh, Morgan Freeman on with Don Lemon. And Don Lemon kept bringing up racism. And Morgan
3: Morgan Freeman looked at him. He said,
0: there ain't no racism. And Don Lemon looked at him crazy. He's like, huh? He says, the only reason why racism lives is because you keep talking about it. He says, but if we want to be true, we both did well for ourselves. So what racism does that have to do with anything? I mean, he just, he completely murdered him. And how I look at it, racism is a word that was created in the title. that That's not real. And if you go real deep on who created the Ku Klux Klan, they program them people to believe something that ain't true, and the people that got them programmed they run around saying f to n words and Jews, and the people that created them run around saying that they're Jews and they're really not, but they hide about they hide behind that term to camouflage who they really are. So we all have been played across the board, and I I want to keep on going because I know Trisha's probably waiting, but uh, Trisha. Uh, could you break
1: down it? no you can continue I was listening to what you're saying <laughs> I was enjoying it actually <laughs> I, I mean when I learned
0: about the Kazarian mafia I was like oh wow and my grandmother she picked cotton she was a house slave um, at three o'clock in the morning so her father escaped the plantation at three or he escaped the plantation He saved up some money. He got a car, 3 o'clock in the morning. He came to the plantation. Pretty much, they escaped. So my grandmother told us these stories when we were little. So I I, I totally, I can see everything and why the politicians use Black emotion to their advantage. But once I learned the truth, I told my grandma, I said, you know, I don't wanna say her name over here, but I, I told her, I said, it wasn't white people that did that to you, grandma. And she said, hmm? and I broke it down to her. And she says, wow, I figured. But when she first moved to Wisconsin, my father and my mother met each other. They were teenagers. And my dad would have my mom over at my gr- at his house. And my grandmother came home early from work one day and she said, boy, what are you doing with this white girl in this house? She's said, you going to get us lynched. And he said, oh, mama, it ain't like that. And she said, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to go. So my grandmother was in fear of white people and really didn't care for them too much until she got to know my grandparents, my mom my family and realize, wait a minute, it's a little bit different here than it is down in the South, but it's just crazy on how they play it.
1: Definitely. Definitely. You know, and I just want to, just let me add to that, that uh, racism um, situation. Racism keeps us. They, just like you said, um, both you gentlemen said, but with racism, it, it sparks our emotions it's an emotional response. And when we respond emotionally, it shuts down our thinking, right? And so if they can just keep that narrative going, that racism, 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 you're hating people and you don't even know why you hate them. They're hating us and they don't even know why they hate us. And the only people benefiting from it is the government and the ones that put this whole system Mm -hmm. in place. And that inability to think is what keeps Black people, black people, loyal to the party or to people that are not for them, that are hurting them, that are literally killing them. And so that's why it's necessary to keep that going. As far as your question with regards to removing the shackles from our hands and our feet and it being on our brain, you have to go to the school system. (laughs) The school system is not designed to teach, to, to, to create people who are thinkers. The school system is designed for workers and that's what it was designed to do. The reason why the school system goes from up to 12 years, and I'm probably preaching to the choir right here, it's because it takes a certain number of years to 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 make someone into a master, right? To master certain things, and so it's indoctrination and training that takes place over a, a ten years, right? But they pushed it to twelve years for per for a child to graduate from school to ensure to account for days off or missed schools or sicknesses and things of that nature. So the indoctrination has to catch, and this is coming from a former educator, right? I taught in the school system. I believe in education. I have four degrees. So I believe in education because the, of the information that it gives you. And in this country, the access that it gives you to certain things. And I'm just a natural born learner. I love to learn and I need to know all sides. But I am fully aware of what the school system does. And the school system turns, out, turns people into slaves. That's what it does. Right. You, you come out and you're, you're, you're actually being trained to support this global, this elite system. If you look at most of the systems that were created in this country, they were created to support the elites, the elites, the elite level. That's what they were there for, the police department the 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 even though the government was created by the people, it eventually became something else, right and that's why we have this tyranny that's going on right now, and so the indoctrination that comes about through the school system is what does it. If you go into these inner city schools the the wall the walls are colored a certain way, the kids are made to walk a certain way, they are made to sit a certain way. You don't have this in most of the classrooms unless you have this a, a teacher who is intentional about her teaching and is not just following the script that she's given. You don't have this rich dialogue that's going on in the classroom, right? You you have you're training them. They're taught to read and answer. And if you answer this way, you get your rank this way, right? One, two, three, and four state exams or certain levels, um, achieving below level, um, on level or, or excelling. And they, they choose districts that will pass and that will fail. And it's a whole game that's played, this whole game. And I don't want to go too deep down that rabbit hole, but it's a whole game that's played. And so the school system is used to create slaves. Those slaves graduate from that system and they are parsed out and pushed into other systems. You go into the government system, you... Um, work there, and you hear people. And no disrespect to government workers, because we need government workers. But government workers, a lot of them, they don't feel free to speak up. They don't feel free to 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 do certain things. They don't really have that freedom. I remember when I was helping a friend of mine campaign, um, for um the governor's office in 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 another state, not New York. And every time we ran into someone who worked for the city government or the federal government, they would say, oh, 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 we can't sign a petition. Oh, oh, we can't do this. Oh, we can't do that. And it wasn't anything that went against their job. It was just they were told that they can't. And these were Black people. And we're just looking at them like, what do you mean you can't? Did they make you sign a contract or something? Oh, no, no, no. But we we, we just can't do that. And this wasn't to say that the person, this was literally just to put this gentleman on the ballot. Not to say that this is who you're voting for, not switching party lines or anything like that, just to put him on the ballot so he would have a fair chance at running for office. And they would not sign. And I said, this is really interesting. They were really afraid to do that for fear of losing their job if their superiors found out, which I don't know how they would, but I guess it's so corrupt that they would know. And so that's the the. That's what I have seen, and that's why I left education to come out of it in order to tackle it. Because I saw it. That school-to-prison pipeline is real, and in that school system, they are creating slaves. That is what's going on, and that's why they're undereducating our children. That's why children are graduating, um, and they're graduating, and they are still illiterate. They are mathematically illiterate. They are. They can't read. They can't write right? And they're pushing them out of school and pushing them into the world and then wondering why they're unable to to, to to make a decent living, why they're unable to get a job. I mean, you have people whose rights are violated and because they're unable to fill out an application or a form or not be able to comprehend it, they just let it go and they just won't address it. And they just let things happen. There are police officers running into communities, certain communities, and this is not all police officers, but it happens. Certain communities and mistreating um, the citizens, um, p- police brutality is just a common thing in in that in that community, and they just let it go. Why? Because they don't know what to do about it. It's just what happens. And so, what are they? They're the slaves to that system. They won't speak up. They can't speak up because if they do, they're gonna pay a consequence. And so, that is slave like, right? The school system. Is creating it. And that's one faction. I'll let everyone touch on other areas, but that's the area that I know is definitely at the basis of it. You get a child at a young age and you indoctrinate. If you take a fish and you all know it and you ask him, where's um, where's the water? You ask him about the water. He doesn't know what you're talking about. What water? What are you talking about? Take him out the water. What does he say? He starts to gasp. He starts to gag and he put the one back in. He now knows what the water is. The problem is, when you grow up in a particular area or you are in this system, you're being trained and indoctrinated unless you have something outside of that that is combating those thoughts and combating what that indoctrination and training that you go through all day long because children spend more waking hours with their teachers and their peers than they do with their parents. More waking hours. There's That's a lot of indoctrination. And so if it's not being combated outside of the schools, outside, outside of that, when they get home in the evening, then they're just being indoctrinated and those children grow up and they begin to operate in the system, depending on what they choose to do, whether they become government worker, whether they're on wall street, I don't even care if they end up on wall street. Now you're living a certain lifestyle and you have to fit into certain groups and you have to fit into social, certain social networks in order to keep that job. So you're a slave to that job. If you're on welfare, You're limited, you can't speak up because you have to abide by certain rules and regulations in order to keep those benefits coming, right? And so it's just one thing after the other. If you're in prison, that's obvious. And so that's what's been going on. And so it starts at the basis, it starts from the child is young. And we put kids in school at an early age here, and so that indoctrination starts early.
0: Wow thank you for that. I
1: agree 100%. It's very very true. Um,
0: and then let me just add this.
1: We we I'm sorry my my then we happened no, these these kids we I spoke on Yale University's campus last year and um I I told the crowd I said I was so conflicted because it had to do with covid and you know Yale was um forcing students to take the COVID shot and just, you know, everything that was going on up there. And I told them, I said, I'm really conflicted because I don't mm-hmm. know. I feel conflicted because I'm standing here fighting for students to be in a school, that, a school where they don't even care about the students. They don't care about their lives. They don't care about anything. So why are we even fighting to go there? And I told the parents, I said, we have made it such that kids don't feel validated unless they're in certain institutions unless they're in certain affiliations, unless they belong along to certain groups. And we've sat back and allowed that. And so kids are more worried about being validated and about being represented by that school more so than you and your family. And that's a problem. And so we have to take our children back. We have to take them out because look at what's going on in the schools with these ped- with these books, right? And this grooming. And, and let me tell you, this is just this is not just starting now. I saw this coming while I was still in education where I watched teachers sit down and this is not all teachers so I don't want anyone attacking and saying uh you know I'm attacking teachers cuz I'm not because I'm a former I'm a former educator I love education but there were teachers then Having inappropriate conversations with with students about their lives, their 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 whether it was heterosexual or homosexual, you know telling them about what was going on in their lives and their husbands and divorces and the children I mean just having very inappropriate conversations. I saw um, teachers telling children to challenge their parents you know and talking about what's going on in their homes and and pretty much directing them against it. And so this stuff has been going on for a very, very long time. It's just coming to the forefront now and it's gone to a whole nother level. But this stuff was in place for a long time, for a long time. And it just has been coming and just building and building and building without anyone really understanding and seeing it. So if you ask me, that's where it starts before, before anything else, it starts in the schools right there. It's the perfect Petri dish, perfect one.
0: You know that's so true and and I know Laverne's been waiting for a minute, but I'll say this real quick is uh during that whole b l m crap they try to come through my town or where I live at, but we had a bunch of veterans that went to the downtown area and they stood in front of the businesses with their a r fifteens to where they didn't come here after that, but I remember <laughs> when they were here marching, my daughter was like going to meet a family member and some friends that was down there and i said hold on a second I said, sit 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 on the couch i says you can go after i tell you this and i broke down i says you know yeah that that term is very catchy like a hook to a song black lives matter yeah they do matter i says but you need to look at they've been destroying the black communities Like in Milwaukee, they destroyed a Walgreens where predominantly Puerto Ricans and and Black people live. So that elderly grandmother can't go get her prescription. There was another Black woman that saved her life savings and had a cell phone company. And and that company was just destroyed. She was on the news crying. Uh, A Black Trump supporter got shot right in the back of his head and nobody even talks about that to this day which is very sad and we got a democrat governor which is probably why and and I was breaking down so many things to her and her eyes like rolled in the back of her head and she goes wow and I'm just like I'm right now I'm just like whoa what's going what what's happening and she goes wow dad and she was uh newly in college at the time she goes, my professor has been indoctrinating me. And I'm like, what? And she just mm-hmm. starts spilling the beans. And I'm like, man, you ain't gotta listen to him. Shit, blah, blah, blah. She says, but you don't understand. If you don't do it a certain way, you'll fail.
3: And mm-hmm. I'm like,
0: and that that really opened up my eyes to be awakened to when I learned that China. Was sending money for professors that's in our colleges. And I'm like, oh, wow, it's all making sense. Mm-hmm. But I I did want to share that about the teachers. Amen. And Laverne, I'm so sorry. I know you've been waiting patiently. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, that's
5: not a problem. That's what it's all about. You know, everybody talking. It ever seems to amaze me how when you're talking about people like Don Lemon, uh, Kamala Harris, you know, they always have something negative to say about white people, but all of them are married to white people. So that's very condescending. Same thing with Lori Lightfoot. Same thing. Same thing with Ileon uh, Omar, the one that was married to her brother. Now, she she, wants, she loves to talk about white people, but she's married to a white man after she divorced her brother. So, you know, they are all living that double standard. And once again, they're just telling us things. They're telling us what they want us to believe. They're telling us how they want us to think. So that's why it's so important for people to wake up. I mean, we got to wake up. This thing has been in process for many years. And now we get into a point where it's just, Uh, accelerated, where everything is accelerated, you know, to the point that we don't know where we're going to be at from month to month. We don't know when the cashless money system is going to take place. We don't know what rabbit they're going to pull out of the hat next, you know, with everything that they're doing. I mean, they're breaking all the rules. So we just need, once again, to fight together, to push back against everything that they're pushing our way, and to continue to wake as many people up as possible so they can stop believing their lies. And of course, Trump did a great job of waking so many people up and that's why they are coming after him as hard as they are because he's, he's not afraid. So that's how we all gotta be. We all have to be willing to stand up, stop being afraid of them and fight back like hell. Because they have a very satanic agenda, you know, and they, they are sacrificing their kids. They are doing this behind the sex trafficking rings and everything else that they have going on. That's what they're all into. So once again, we got to stand up and fight back against the system.
0: I agree 100%. And Leticia, I know you wanted to, to get in. Go ahead, Leticia.
6: Hey, hi everybody. Um, I'm Leticia Perkins, and I uh, started my show, The Perkins Report, to talk about exactly what we're talking about here tonight um, with the Democrats and all the tyranny going on. I feel like uh, the left has done a really good job mind manipulating biracial Americans. Um, When the BLM and all that started, I felt like people who were biracial were in some type of trance. They were just suddenly forgetting that they weren't just black, but they were mixed. So you have a lot of things um, going on. And I like what the first lady was saying about the schools. That's where it starts. They start young telling these kids, you know, that they were slaves and all this negative stuff about white people. And they, they stop them from having friends or dating somebody, you know, a different race. Um, it's just, it's gotten out of control. And I feel like <clears throat> conservatives and Republicans um, alike and independents need to start speaking up against this because the media just has one narrative. And it's like, the narrative is everybody who's white hates everybody who's black, basically. So they've done a good job getting these rappers and these, um, you know, movie stars out there pushing a narrative about Black Lives Matter. But in all reality, when do they matter? I don't ever see any coverage about, you know, a Black cop killing a Black kid. And if I do, it's taken down within 24 hours. And Black Lives Matter is never, you know, they're never um, around, it seems like, when that type of stuff does happen. You know, so I just feel like we need to do um, a little bit more to speak up on that because they're doing a good job making the white people look like, you know, it's all them. To me, my own my thing is, I think it's our people. They send a Democrat or an independent who is not white to a certain area to get those people to vote for them. And they don't change anything in the hood better. You know, they don't educate these kids. They don't have any food banks. They don't have any extra libraries for them, any resources or anything. So the the narrative these days is just like, it doesn't make sense. I feel like a lot of people should um, stop and really take a step back and say, why is the fake news, you know, telling us this? All they want to do is tear people apart because they know that we're stronger together. And the Democrats have a very good way of of doing that. They'll pull you apart by race, by gender, by religion, all that. So that's that's pretty much um, all I want to really say about that is that I think a lot of people should just wake up and take a step back and say, it's really basically our own kind preaching preaching you know, oh, the whites don't like you and they don't want you to go to college and have a good job. If if you don't have a good job, that's, that's a reflection of, of you, you know, what, what you didn't do. Not a reflection of so-and-so enslaved my great, great grandpa. So now I'm oppressed for the rest of my life. I got to be on welfare. My kids got to be on welfare. My kids' kids got to be on welfare. That, that doesn't make sense, you know?
0: But you know, Letitia, it's just like um an alcoholic or a drug addict. They find you know, my mom was an alcoholic for a very long time and um thank God she she's sober now for almost twenty years now. But oh thank us she always found excuses on why she was drinking. Drug yeah. addicts—they always have excuses. True, and it's, it's it's sort of the same thing. And what you look at their evil plan and how. And I got to give it to these people; they're very intelligent. But oh, God yeah, is more our creator is more powerful. Yeah, they is. silence white people. So the white people that do want to speak out, or even help, allow black people to see the scam white people a lot of white people in the communities and i'm speaking for every white person on the chat they're scared to speak up i was on a space with Derek johnson and some people and there was a gentleman on that space and that gentleman seemed like he was a democrat plant to act like a black conservative but was trying to cause confliction and down-talking white people and Trump reporters. Yeah. And and he stuck out like a sore thumb to me. But this is what they do. They send in infiltrators. And just like what Ruben was saying with these black pan- uh, pastors, a lot of them preach racism a lot of them preach about what the white man's doing and screaming and stuff in the church. I remember when I was a little kid, I would go to a Baptist church with my grandmother and, and I'm like, man, this is crazy. You know, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I thought we were supposed to all love each other and get along. Um, but it's really crazy on how they do it. And and they send these figures just like you were talking about with the celebrities. You know, there's a, a uh, 17th letter uh, post talking about they always thought we would follow the stars. If you look at our younger years, and a lot of all of us are victims to it, they use celebrities to mold our reality. Because we thought these these celebrities when we were kids, like Michael Jordan and a, a famous actor, singer, it doesn't matter who it was, we're like, dang, you know, they're, they're smart and it, we followed the trend. Yeah, but what God did in 2020, you know, they say to break people out of like MK Ultra, they have to go through a traumatic situation, and we went through a traumatic situation, and now we can see clear, especially mm-hmm. when they had all those celebrities, Chris Rock, yep, uh, you name it, they were naked, naked, telling us how we need to protect Grandma. And I'm I was watching that commercial and I said, Whoa, wait a minute, what the hell is going on here? Right? <laughs> but the people that God activated, we saw through that sham. But what you need to what we need to do is have more shows like this, call it out for what it is. Yeah, it's probably uncomfortable having these black and white conversations, but the more we have these type of shows. And we just spam the shit out of every social media to reach yep. the uninformed, white, black, Hispanic, Asian, poor communities to awaken them. And they hear this. That's where we're going to make a really big change. I agree.
6: Yeah, yeah. It's it is uncomfortable, and a lot of people need to uh, need to start talking about it because that's that's the only way that you know we're going to get through it and break this narrative that the media has going on and it's got everybody brainwashed basically i mean you got kids that don't even want to do homework together anymore at 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 the colleges and stuff because so and so might have enslaved their grandpa or whatever you know it's 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 getting really bad
0: yeah they they turn
3: the youth All
0: right, as we were talking, uh, the school system definitely is failing our our youth and and all our communities, not just the poor, but I mean, they're indoctrinating all communities, poor, rich, middle class, it doesn't matter. And and we do know they're coming for our kids and and this whole pedophilia thing is is just terrible, you know, especially when you see certain states that are trying to legalize someone to be with someone 10 years younger and, and the whole MAPS thing is they're trying to normalize it that that's definitely one thing that we have to expose because if there's one thing that can bring unity to this world, it's definitely when they come for the kids, everybody's going to be shoulder to shoulder because nobody, nobody goes for that. And I'd like to to move on to two more things with you guys. And I appreciate the time Tricia and Ruben, you guys have given us and Derek and, and Laverne had to drop off. They have some important things that popped up. Um, can you guys help paint the picture for the audience and the uninformed that will be watching this podcast? The importance of decentralization. And we'll start off with Tricia and then
3: Ruben. Mike, can I let
1: Ruben take it first? I'm just answering a phone call really quickly, emergency, but I'm here in the background
3: right here. Yes, you're fine. Okay, so, so in our central theme, uh, what we
2: believe to be the truth requires more looking into more research. We should not allow labels to lead us to be blind against one another, to, to turn us against one another, because one of the things I try, I try to preach, especially on my page, my Twitter page, uh, we are in a, a war. We need to treat it like it's a war. If we lose America, <clears throat> or if we lose this country, <laughs> sorry about that, if we lose this country to the evils that plague us, if we allow them to control words, or we allow them to control the narrative, or we allow them to uh, put us in a state of involuntary servitude where they take away our freedoms, they take away our voices. You know, we we must be have a central thing. We cannot believe that everything that we talk about is about racism. Uh, racism is a word. Dr. Uh, uh, President Trump is one of the most patriotic presidents I've seen in years. But the Democrats, they try to paint a picture where they try to say that he's racist. That man doesn't have a racist bone in his body. We all have our prejudices. But that man is one of the most gentle, most kind human beings. Because I've been uh, admiring Donald Trump since the 70s. Like I said, I was born in 1961. So I got a chance to see Donald Trump as as a younger man. How he would come into a a community, whether white or black, uh, and give his all give his last, have the, the, a person who has resources that movie stars admire, rappers admire, civil rights leaders admire, right, civil rights leaders like uh, Jesse Jackson, they admire Donald Trump. So we cannot let them polarize us and blind us to the point that we believe that what they say is the truth. You know, th- we don't have a media. I hear people say the media. We don't have a media. We have propagandists. Because the media journalists, they report the news as is. They don't give their opinion. They don't try to paint a picture to where they can continue to feed into narratives, where they can continue to feed into our brainwashing. Because a lot of us, we're we're not into life learning. We're not into life coaching anymore. A lot of us get our information from the TV. We're constantly glued to the TV, and this is why we're losing ground. So we need to be, be the Republicans. That they called us to be Mike. Republicans must die for America. Republicans must give all their give everything that they have for America because Republicans are the defenders of the Constitution. And we must get it, the fight, and we must fight the good fight because a thousand years from now, the people in the future will either be glad that we stood our ground or they will they will be sad that we didn't stand our ground, that we allow them to change the world right before their faces. Because we don't see them a thousand years from now. We don't see them a hundred years from now. But we are altering and allow these people to change the future, to change somebody's destiny, to change our generations and our children and our great-grandchildren and our great 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 grandchildren' destiny by allowing them to put us in a box. So I'm simply saying this. We must rise to the occasion. We must act as if we are the Americans that we are called to be because I'm an American, Mike, you are American. I'm an American that care about my country. It's nothing wrong with me for me to love my country to the point that I don't want to see my country become a communist country. I don't want to see my country, Mike, end up like China, because I've seen how a lot of these countries treat their citizens. I've seen how they they do all kinds of things in their act of punishing their citizens and they do it openly what they do uh they just do it so that scared me to the the the, the believe that joe biden who cannot even look at a little child without running towards that child now you can take it how you want to take it but i ain't never seen anybody when they see a little child you could be holding a holding a press conference. You, the minute you see a little child, you leave that podium to go over to that child. That's something wrong with that. So I'm simply saying, Mike, we must become central. We must not allow them to uh desensitize us. We must act as if Americans, we must get rid of the labels and see each other as Americans. Because most of the time when you go into situations, oppressed people normally join with other oppressed. People, if I needed a blood transfusion, mm-hmm. if I needed a blood transfusion, I'm not going to care where that
3: blood comes from. I'm looking for somebody to reach out and save my life. This is my favorite focus. My fucking focus is to save my
2: life or to save someone else's life. It doesn't matter whether you're a It doesn't matter if you call me a Republican. It what matters is that we are citizens of the United States, and we need to behave like.
0: Absolutely. That's so true. I, I remember uh, <clears throat> watching a video. I forgot where that uh, whoever the hell you want to call him was that. Uh, and he looked in the crowd and he says, wow, she looks like she's 19 years old. And then when they put the camera on the young girl, she's about, what, six? I said, wow. And they're allowing this to happen. All the people's laughing. I'm like, man, this ain't normal. You know, these are some sick individuals that are trying to make this whole pedal crap normalize. And we gotta call it out for what it is. And Letitia, we uh, we had Derek Gibson drop off and, and Laverne had something important to do to where uh, you can fill in and give Trisha a little bit more time. Um, I'll say the question again, can you help paint the picture for the audience and the uninformed that's going to be watching this show, the importance of decentralization.
3: If you'd like to chime in on it, Letitia. Your mic is muted. Okay. Oh, can you hear me? Yep.
6: Okay. Uh, pretty much what, what Ruben was saying, um, he's, he's right on point, but it... It has already happened in a lot of these blue states, like you were saying about the maps. Um, I'm going to go into a little bit of that. So what they did was they removed the term pedophile. So a map is a minor attractive person. So now, um, and I could use California as an example, they have basically legalized rape um, and pedophilia not only are they doing it in the schools it's just everywhere now the boy scouts and the churches um i like how you had hit on how you used to go to church and they would be talking basically it's about they're speaking and preaching on on racism and a lot of i think what's happening today is it is the christian church that has joined with that narrative could be pushed of pedophilia and racism and tyranny and yeah it's very important that we have these conversations um regularly so people can open their eyes and see what's going on the democrats have successfully divided this country they successfully have had laws passed on Basically, there's no more parenting. you don't really have rights to your kids if they go to a public school um if something you know happens to them like they're raped or molested the the that person is not going to jail in these blue states they they're not they're probably at most given a ticket, and that's it. so you have a child now that is scarred for life for one, and that's just you know just the start of it but it's like, I feel like this is basically like we're at the end. This is our 1776. If we don't join together and make a push back for these kids, no matter if they're white, black, whatever, it's, I I don't really think we have a chance, especially these next five years. You know, Joe Biden says he's running again. Uh, Newsom has been saying for a while that he's going to be pushing to run for president. And I wouldn't put it past these people to put one of them in office. Honestly, I, I really, that's just what I feel is they're going to do what they did last time. And it's what they want to do. And since there wasn't a big pushback from the community, it's like, all right, well, we already got away with that. So now shit, you might as well get away with whatever else you want to get away with. We've got the border completely open. Uh, people coming over here, raping, killing, and, Everything else is just, it's all getting completely out of control. I don't even recognize America anymore. And California, where I'm from, um, I'm just completely shocked that the parents over there, like you were saying, it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you agree with. They've legally got away with this. This is a law now. You can no longer call somebody a pedophile. And I, I told my friends and family that still live there, they got to where they are because you guys didn't unite as parents and say, hey, wait a minute. Not our kids. No, not here. You're not going to do it here. So they did. And fast forward to to two or three more years. I honestly believe there's going to be another law passed where if somebody just wants to grab your kid off the street and rape him right then and there, you'll be the one going to jail for not letting that person express their feelings for that minor that they're attracted to, you know?
0: You know, that sounds as as crazy as they went off the cliff. I mean, that sounds about right. And and everything that we've discussed tonight, it really boils down to the importance of decentralization because government has put their hands in every cookie jar of yep parents and, and and citizens lives yeah and they control the citizens by having control over that system
6: Mm-hmm. yeah i i agree and i don't know how bad it is over there where you guys are at on the east coast but i've been saying that um On my show, I felt like it was a clinical trial and they pushed the first bill and there wasn't enough people standing together to come against these bills. And now, I mean, there's at least 14 that that governor has passed since he was reelected, which I don't even believe he was reelected. I'm I'm pretty sure they just, you know, did what they did with this last election, because all of a sudden you have Biden and Kamala coming out of the White House. They haven't been to the border, but they went to California for the um, for the governor's race. And, and same thing with the recall. I went over there to go help different organizations get petitions on the street for the recall. And supposedly there wasn't enough signatures, which I don't buy that at all. I believe they knew what they were doing. They had an agenda. And here we are, this man's reelected. And now you've got, you know, these teachers saying, Well, don't tell your mom, but do you want to be a boy? We can make it happen. And it's the taxpayers paying for this. And the kids, even if the parents do find out, the kids still are legally able to take the puberty blockers and get the surgeries. And there's nothing that the parents can do about it. They just passed a bill last week that if you don't affirm or confirm, agree with your child in custody court, You'll lose custody of your kid if they want to get a sex change and you don't agree with that. So they've, like you said, they put their hands everywhere. They've overrided the religious views of the parents. Um, They've basically already taken the rights away just by telling a child that they can get this sex change and start on these puberty blockers, no matter what their parents say. That in itself is like, these people are sick and satanic. And I believe all the other states are slowly but surely going to start following that. I honestly do. It starts there in California. It's trying to have it's they're trying to push that over here in Arizona, but we have more Republicans and more um patriots that are like, "Wait a minute, we're not this is not, you know, not going to happen." But they they are inching that over here this way and it's because there hasn't been enough people to gather around and say, "We don't want you guys doing this to our kids." So, you know, that's that's my take on that and i think it's very important for the um decentralization only because that's the only way that's going to get america back on track that's i mean you know everybody you, needs i think everybody needs to come together mike and by what you're doing um having these conversations and bringing people together that's how we're going to get more people involved
0: right and then you know People that are watching this, this podcast, don't just watch it and keep yourself informed, share it to other people, share it to the the family members that are not informed, because the more people that are informed, the more people that are aware, the more evil loses power, because you can't play someone that is awake, just like if you look at what pimps do, that they break And i've got family members
3: i'm not proud to say it that um walked into that lifestyle
0: but you know what what they do is they they break a woman's mind down like an engine and they rebuild it on how they want that car to to ride and that's exactly what the the government and and these elites And these evil people have done to humanity is they broke down the brain on how they want that brain to receive and operate. You know, from kindergarten on up, we've been we're in an indoctrination camp. I remember when I was in kindergarten. I can't tell you how many times I peed on myself because I'd ask the teacher if I can use the bathroom. Well, we went to the bathroom already. So they already put us in a submissive type of state to take orders from a tyrant. I I I can imagine a lot of people on here was like, man, I used to couldn't stand that teacher. She was so mean. They got these teachers operating if they're the president, a tyrant though, you know. So you're absolutely right. We got to share this information. We got to come together. We got to have shows like this. We got to be productive. And and people that are watching these shows have to share this with their loved ones, because the moment that they hear truth, truth cannot, you can't hide from truth. When you hear it, you feel it, and you're like, wow, and then God allows you to see. So it's very important that we share these shows, Letitia's shows, all Trisha. If you go to Rumble and type in Trisha Lindsey, you'll see a bunch of interviews. Laverne Spicer, Ruben, Derek, the whole nine yards. We have to share this information. And anyone that's in this movement, doing shows that are sharing truthful information and and real genuine about it, share their stuff. Share the material. Share the information. And that's one thing that I do. And, and Trisha, um, <laughs> sorry for the hold up, but. Um, I'd like to know you, if you could paint a picture for the audience and the uninformed on the
1: importance of decentralization. The importance decentralization is um, <laughs> ooh, it's extremely important. And if 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 that has not become more apparent the past few years, especially now as things are getting um worse and worse with the eradication of our rights and our freedoms then i don't know when a person will understand it the importance of decentralization is returning the power back into the hands of the people right and returning it it's it's, it's spreading it out so that um well what has already happened um, would not have happened <laughs> if they said absolute power corrupts absolutely right, and so that 's what 's going on, and so decentralizing would return would spread the power out instead of one oh, one um ruler or one section of government running everything or controlling or usurping them with their selves usurping their authority into every area of our lives. It will not happen um because of the structure and how it will happen and what will be present and so that's very important right now you know government is lopsided is upside down instead of the government answering to the people the people are answering to the government and the government's telling people exactly what to do when to do how to do and what to do instead of the people telling the government what they're supposed to be doing the government is supposed to be protecting our rights right that's what they're there for the rights are there there are indelible rights and they are Rights that that spring off of that that um, come come as a result of those indelible rights, and so the government is in place to protect that. They have certain functions. They have completely gone outside of those functions. They have completely usurped their authority into our self governance, into our familial governance, into every area, and that is tyranny. We are literally living in a, in a time of tyrannical rule. And so we have to stop that. In order to take down a tyrant, we have to strip them of, of its power, strip the tyrants of their power. And in order to do that, we have to decentralize so that we can spread it out, so that we can have a, a meet. so that we can have, um, how would you say it? So we can have some sort of balance. So we can have some sort of balance. And there'll be one, I mean, we're supposed to have checks and balances now, but I don't, as we we can see, that's not working, right? And so we have to do something because what has happened is the government has gone off the rails, really has gone off the rails. And people have been disempowered and they don't realize, well, they don't teach civics, so most people don't even understand the constitution. I feel so proud the past few years that people, when I see people, they come up to me and they'll say they heard me speak and I was speaking about the Ninth Amendment or the Tenth Amendment or whatever I was speaking about. And because of what I said, they went to learn the Constitution because I've been telling people for the years, go read the Constitution, learn your rights. Don't just walk around screaming with um, posters. Know what you're talking about and be able to defend yourself and defend what you're saying because that's what's going to help us. And so it's very important. It will completely, completely shift the powers in this country and it will change the narrative, right? And it will empower people and we will come together because people will realize the power they have and they will realize through that, that there is more, we're more powerful together than separate. And so the narrative, the, race, the racism narrative will break down, right? The Even the classism will break down and people will, the, 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 the separation by religion and creed and color all of that will break down because power will have shifted and people want to harness that power to fight against the tyranny that's there but people have to feel empowered and so that's where the doctrine of the lesser magistrates comes in and empowering giving people the knowledge and and and, and sparking calling forth that magistrate letting them first know what it is letting them know that they are magistrates giving them the power or having them to harness that power and then working together in order to pretty much make America what it's supposed to be.
0: That's very true, very powerful. I I was listening to another show um, last week and they were breaking down, I believe it's in California or something, The, the way that the workforce is all screwed up and how the government gave all these people all this money and they expect them to want to go back to work for lesser. So mm. it's hard for these grocery stores and these to maintain. And I I, I wanna say a mayor or something like that in California is talking about how they want to centralize government ran grocery stores.
1: Huh. Well, now, we all know what's um, gonna happen.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. The moment that happens, you know, there's a problem because, you you know, (laughs) you want to go get some ho-ho's, governments will say no,
1: no. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, they're literally, the the government is literally determining who deserves to live and who deserves to die. And when it becomes that morbid, and when I say that to people, they look at me and I said, think about it. They're literally determining who has the right to live and who has the right to die. They're literally determining that for the past few years and they've been doing it. It's just, it's just so much in your face right now, you know, they're determining what there's, they're determining what our lives should look like based upon what they want to support their, their lifestyle, their needs and their whole agenda. And so the people have to take that back. And so if we strip them of that power, then it weakens them. We spread it out. And then we hold the power and hold the the leaders that we do, our representatives that we do place into those seats to represent us. They will realize that we're not playing. And if they misstep, they can go, too. And that's what we need to do.
3: Right.
0: I I got one more thing for you guys. Uh, I appreciate the time that you spared. And and we can go to Q&A if anyone has a question. Um, I'd like to know. I'd like to hear your guys' views on how they push abortions, abortion clinics in inner cities. Um, mm. Trisha, since you you <laughs> you were waiting for a while, you can go ahead and start off on that one, and we can go to Ruben and, and Leticia.
1: No, it's fine. What What is your question, Mike? Repeat that for me.
0: So how... I'd like to know your, your guys' views on how they have pushed abortion clinics in the inner cities.
1: Oh, well, we know. I mean, that's going back to Planned Parenthood. Margaret Sanger, eugenicists, Malthusias, you know, it's it's <laughs> that's something that has been present for years. Right. You couldn't there's a time you couldn't get health care. But if you wanted to get an abortion, you couldn't get prenatal care. But if you wanted to get an abortion, you got a Medicaid card immediately. You can just go on up and see the next doctor. I mean, really, that's something that we knew from way back when. And that's all part of the agenda. Also, you know. It's 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 determining, again, (laughs) who has the right to live and who has the right, who has the right to life, pretty much. Right. And it's and it's they they position it strategically in our neighborhoods under the guise of family planning and family care, you know, and offering health services. But that's not what it is. It's abortion clinics, you know, because they mask them under different clinics where offers other services. But it's really about abortion. It's, it's, it's completely about abortion. I think, is it the state of, I think, was it, is it, I don't know, my numbers may be off, but the number of abortions of minority children in this, in this country is equal, I don't even want to say that, and equal to the, the population of the state of Connecticut. Is that right? Does that sound right? I know it's something, some statistic with it. I may be confusing the numbers. All I know that it's astronomical. It's astronomical and it's placed there strategically to control our population. And it goes way back to government programs with depopulation and things of that nature. So, of course, it's strategically placed there. Can't get health care, can't get proper food in a lot of these neighborhoods, right? No jobs and things of that nature. But you want an abortion, you can get that. And so that's strategic. And it just goes along with the agenda that we are seeing playing out full speed for the past few years and playing out even now and with more to come.
0: Well, thank you, Trisha. Um, It's so true, and it's terrible. But I ask some of these questions. I know a lot of people know about it, but I ask these questions for the uninformed that is going to be watching this podcast because not
1: everybody is privy to information. That's true. And I appreciate it because it's a lot of information out there. And sometimes I try to gauge because for the person that doesn't know, it can be a lot. But if they if you just if they just look up Margaret Sanger, (laughs) Planned Parenthood, and if they just follow and just connect the names coming all the way up to Gates, the Rockefellers, all of them, all their family members are were involved in this. I mean, Margaret Sanger, her um, her her um, philosophy helped to set the um, set the stage for Hitler and the Holocaust. I mean, it, it's that deep, you know what I mean? And then you bring it back here. It, you have the Negro Project. I invite people to read the Negro Project. If you have not read that, l- l- read that book. That has a lot of information in there. But it goes so deep, you know, the, down to the even point where they were afraid that, that blacks, Jews, Catholics, Italians, and I think, and definitely Christians, we're going to outbreed them, outbreed them, which is so, I mean, it's that deep. And so abortion with this whole abortion issue, it's not about giving, it's not about women's rights. It's not, it's not about women's rights. It's completely different and it gets confusing to people because some people, you know, they say, well, if they wanted to get, if they're, if they're attacking lives and they want to get rid of people, why would they, why would some, why, why, is, what is the fight against abortion There's one side is for abortion. The other side is not, you know what I mean? And I said, I tell people, you have to learn the history of each side and understand what's going on. You have to, it's very intricate. It's very deep and it goes way back. And you have to study it. But this whole abortion issue is much deeper than just what people think about women's rights. It's not. It's not about women's rights. For, for for at the basis, at the core of it. Do you have advocates out there advocating for women's rights? Absolutely. But at the core of it, it's not about that. It's about something much deeper. Much deeper. Absolutely.
0: I mean, I can go real deep with it, but I ain't trying to overwhelm. Um, <laughs>
1: Exactly.
0: (laughs) Uh, The uninformed, but all they got to go do is look at the Satanic church, I believe in Texas, that was trying to fight for babies to be allowed to be murdered.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, well, they have infanticide that they're now um, pushing bills in certain states whereby a child can be born. And if they feel like that child is not on par based upon certain characteristics or a certain this rubric that they have this child that they can now murder this child I mean that's literally bills that are being proposed in certain states right now they have bills whereby if you have a mind if you have a child who has a disability and a parent you know let's say that child gets to ten and um the parent decides that they've had enough <laughs> they can you can you can sign that child up to be Removed from the face of this earth. These are literally bills that are being pushed, that are being proposed by people in this country. In this country. I mean, when you have a president and a vice president that's traveling the world trying to convince countries um, of the diaspora to approve nine month abortions, I mean, what does that have to do with America? What does that have to do with your job as the president and vice president of a country? We have people here who can't eat who can't feed their family, who have no health care, who are living on the streets, they have no jobs, and you are traveling the world trying to convince people that they need to um, approve nine-month abortions and LGBTQ? Really? It's ridiculous, and it's disgusting, and it's demonic, and it has to be stopped.
0: 100%. Um, and, and ruben i'd like to hear your take on that how they push an abortion clinics in the inner cities i mean what's your view on that Ruben?
3: again thank you uh, thank you mike appreciate the opportunity being on
2: okay so w- w- this is part of a well-constructed plan uh Hillary clinton once said that margaret sanger was her was one of her mentors, or uh, person she looked up to, but pushing these abortion cleansing for your audience, the uninformed audience, that was about uh, uh, destroying black babies. That was about uh, genociding a whole race of people because Margaret Sanger was a really, really bad person. She was a real racist. She didn't like black folks. She didn't like black people. And, and she made she made no bones or mixed no bones with that. You're going to talk about abortions and how it began. And I agree with what Tricia was saying about playing Parenthood. That wasn't about uh, preparing for parenthood. That was about the extermination of of a race of people that she did not like. A race of people that she saw how uh, these individuals here and they were starting to uh, they were starting to gain some type of uh, you know a population base. So she used the black preachers. She got the black preachers again. Here we go again. Black preachers got involved and they began. To uh, still, still, I'm sticking to the core of the message that Jesus put, talked about. Whatever you do to the least of these, you do unto me. And, and 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 follow me as I follow Christ. All those biblical terms that they was they took an oath to uphold. The message got mixed. The miss the messages. So she was also allowed to infiltrate our churches and use our black ministers to, to destroy black children because the greater access of a, of a black mind. Is in our churches because our church held the attention, the core attention of our community. So our community pretty much follow a bad, a a preacher. And if that preacher is a bad preacher, that preacher is a selfish preacher. Then you're gonna, you're gonna, uh, you're gonna join the philosophy that Mar- Margaret Sanger pushed. So I'm just saying, truth is gonna overcome because America used to be a, a nation that everybody looked up to. And now we're allowing our uh, national identity to be invaded. We're matching with all types of, of viewpoints. and We're allowing these viewpoints to, to come in and take over our schools and come in to take over our institutions and come in to take over our, our uh, infrastructure. But what we need to realize is that we must protect our borders We must protect our national identity. We must protect our elections, because we're allowing people to come in and they're changing the whole world by still in these elections. They're still in these elections at our local level. They're still in these elections at our state level. They're still in these elections at our national level. And then they're pushing a false agenda. They're pushing an identity that's now uh, having us to look as if we don't know what to look like anymore. Around the world, this is part of a global mixture, a global taking over of America, and we cannot sit back and allow them to push agendas, uh, agendas like destroying Americans, like destroying Black babies, like destroying White babies, like erasing and eradicating because of their extremism. Now, this is part of the global agenda to, to, to overpower America, to overpower its citizens, to take this country, take the land, because America is not racist. America is land. America don't believe in abortion because we are the moral, we are a moral nation, or used to be one. So we need to now make up in our mind where do we go from here? Because as far as I'm concerned, until your uninformed audience. Don't believe them when they tell you that Donald Trump lost the election. Donald Trump did not lose the election. Donald Trump was overthrown. Uh, was overthrown. And if anybody promote that narrative, they are not a person that, that believes in genuine truth. Where I'm sticking to the core that we must get rid of these left, leftist ideals of destroying America, because when you destroy a child. Through abortion or what other means, any other means, you are now changing how America want uh, want to govern herself. Because every every person that they get rid of could have been a Benjamin Franklin, could have been a George Washington, could have been another Thomas Jefferson, could have been the person that believes that we must put put the type of safeguards in place so we don't get this, so this country won't be overthrown. Mike, right now this country is being overthrown by all types of viewpoints. Well, we have to hold it down, hold the line. And we need to stand in the gap and make sure we protect our borders, make sure we protect our infrastructure, and damn it, protect our elections. Because then you get people in these positions that push the agenda like Marcus Samuel was talking
3: about.
0: Absolutely, Ruben. <clears throat> One thing's for sure is those machines, hey, hey, ho, ho, the machines, they got to go. Give me a pen and paper and let's count them ballots. Because without them, free, fair elections, we can't put the rightful people in them positions, and and I think America needed a shakeup, which was a wake up. Um, we had to see all this. It, it really had to be this way, because um, you wouldn't have had. I, I don't. I don't necessarily know if I would been would have been activated if Trump didn't get into office. And it didn't play out like it did. I mean, my family was always Democrat. I'm a black side, my my Sicilian side. And I thought the Democrats is always there to help us because we grew up very poor. But as I, like I said, I got older and I have my awakening and I, I start looking back, I start realizing it was all a trap. They act like they're helping you with the food pantry, but they're giving you very little bit of food. Them food stamps, they ain't giving you a lot. And in the Social Security, I mean, they're giving you enough money to pay your rent, a couple bills, and then you got what, $40, and then now you're borrowing money that you don't have. But they're keeping you right there in that fishbowl. And I look at every inner city and poor community as a fishbowl that was purposely created. These government assistance was created to keep these people in this fishbowl. But at the same time, it was a scam for them to launder money and scam to make it look like they're helping poor communities out. And that's why it's important that we share these messages and we have these conversations, because the more they hear this, the more they realize, wait a minute, that's why I'm not getting nowhere in life. Why are you bringing all the check and uh, title loans in the inner city where people barely can't even make it? And now they're they're putting their title loans, and they got to pay this massive interest, and now they're, they're they're even further in the hole, you know. So we got to call out what these people are doing to put the matrix program in these communities to to manipulate and camouflage the illusion that they're putting on. And and Letitia, I'll go to you, and then we can go to Q and A like. What is your view on them pushing abortion and putting them in inner cities? And I know you're dealing with a lot of families with the whole CPS problem. Um, so if you can shed light on that, we can get into Q&A. And I'm, I'm thankful for you guys' time. And I'm really not trying to overdo your guys' time. I really appreciate you guys.
6: Well, um, I think they're doing that because there's a, there's a lot of... Uh, organ harvesting going around um and you know these inner cities you got instead of them handing out pamphlets about safe sex and you know things like that STDs they're handing out pamphlets on basically do whatever you want change your gender if you get pregnant that's okay there's an abortion clinic right around the corner so um I feel like that's one of the biggest reasons why they have it here is there's a lot of things going on with with that. Orgas harvesting, um, the, the dark web, and these people know what they're doing. And I feel like they, they pressure young people into having these abortions, making them feel like it's health care and they're doing themselves a favor because they can't. You know, they're barely surviving. They can't take care of a kid at a young age. So it's just, it boils down to, it's all um, satanic. You know, that's all it is is the satanic. They want to mind manipulate the young people. And it's, it's easy to manipulate young adults when they are going through financial difficulties or in certain situations, you know, you got a, an 11 year old who was raped in foster care by a 60 year old man that she was placed there, you know, the last couple of years and the parents can't get her out and they just, they know what they're doing. So, um, I feel like that's one of the reasons, one of the main reasons why they have them basically, uh, all over, all over the, the poorer cities, the inner cities, the urban cities is because they want, they just want, they don't want more people born. First of all, they they said they were overpopulated. So put a clinic everywhere, talk to these young people that are already, you know, their parents are already struggling. They might manipulate them into, hey, you can't afford this child or your mom and dad are going to be mad because you're too young. Or they say, you know, this guy's not going to marry you. And they just, they push a narrative and the kids get scared. And they go and have an abortion. So it just it boils down to to that the 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 rich elites are trying to get rid of us. And then when you have somebody who can't afford a child, they they push their narrative. You know, just go get an abortion. It's healthcare. Just go get an abortion. It's healthcare. You know, that's that's my take on it. That and and like I said, um, there's a need. There's there's a need, you know, that people can't, I don't know. I just hear a lot of things about these hospitals and um, you can find a, a a worker that can get you what you need. If you can't bump up your kid on the list. And so they want to have these kids have abortions. Yes. I think they did pass that um, in California. You can get one. I think all the way up until the day you're due and, that's what they do they they come and take the organs and sell them off or use them for um exper- experiments that's you know basically all i really have to say about that
0: thank you for that Leticia. um and i agree and I, i'm glad that you shed light on um the organ harvesting there's a guy that i follow on telegram, uh you can call it x twitter whatever twitter x uh, his name is Doctor Kick K E K, and he's dropping a lot of red pills. And just the other day, I-, I seen him post a video on a Planned Parenthood that was busted for harvesting organs and and selling organs, which um, a lot of people. And, and this is this is how the Democrat Party plays people, but god is so powerful that he's awakening people because they're they're seeing the evil but with the democrat party they they have that false illusion of compassion we care for human rights we care for the poor so it's easy for a young person to be like oh wow you know i can i can vibe with that because we're humans we love by nature, where you're loving people. But the moment that you start coming for people's kids, you now have turned a lot of liberal mothers. Most mothers are kind of liberal, have awakened them, and now they're on the conservative side like, hold up, wait a minute. You just called me a terrorist because I don't want my son reading this dumb. And I can say another word, book. So what they're doing, I mean, they're they're not gonna succeed. And, and the more information that we can share, the better. I mean, I can go a whole really, really deep in the whole abortion thing, and um a lot of people just have to research it. I mean, this whole satanic rituals that takes place. Uh, A lot of people think it's a conspiracy because they are not privileged to resources of seeing the actual information. It's like once you see, you can't unsee. And um, there's a lot of things that I can't unsee. And I think that's why they want to shut a lot of us up, but they can't stop us. It's like that song, ain't no stopping us now. (laughs) Uh, We're on the move. But I won't hold you guys up any longer. We can go into Q&A. Like I said, I appreciate Tricia, Ruben. I appreciate Laverne. I appreciate Derek. I know they had to jet out. And Leticia, I appreciate you coming on. And I definitely would love to bring you guys all on again. Um, But if you guys are ready to go into Q&A, we could definitely do that.
3: All right, if
0: you guys have a question for Ruben, Trisha, Lindsey, and Leticia, if you press the middle blue button, I can see your hand being
3: waving and I can call upon you.
0: It oh, looks like they're gonna let you guys off easy tonight, but if there's an admin, I'll go down to the admins list. JW, you would you have something you'd like to say?
6: Yes. Um, this was really a good a good talk tonight. I really enjoyed it. Um, and thanks for asking for the abortion stuff, Mike. <laughs> um, but Tricia and Ruben, besides, and, and Leticia, besides the abortion clinics being pushed, how about, like, I've heard, you know, we've had CPS parents, parents have been on the show before, where CPS is, like, taking their children for ridiculous reasons, and it's been a big fight, and they're really pretty much being sold into trafficking. Are you guys seeing that in your areas as well?
1: Absolutely. They're, they're pushing um, laws like that. They're trying. And their uh, DEI, CRT, is being used with that as well. Um, because you have parents that, who, if they don't agree, like we said earlier, with, you know, if you don't, like Atisha said, if you don't gender firm or confirm, or if you're a child. They, they, so for instance, in New York, they were giving out surveys out in Long Island to children, unbeknownst to parents. And if the children filled out the forms a certain way and gave certain answers that um, didn't agree with what they thought the children should um, put on the surveys, the teachers would literally, uh, were being trained. And this, was, this is what was being pushed by the, um, the regents the Regents Board, being trained to take them into social, um, emotional learning classes. So teachers were being trained pretty much to become psychologists or psychiatrists um, and taking these children in. And the purpose was to pretty much indoctrinate them to change their minds about what they put on the surveys. Parents didn't know, but if a parent got wind of it um, and made a complaint or anything about it, they were pretty much threatened with, with cps or being told that they may need mental health counseling and if the child didn't change their answers they were now saying that the child needed mental health counseling and they were students who i literally received phone calls from parents saying that the guidance counselors or the social workers were calling the house and saying that the child may need to go into a mental institution or placed on medication um because of just certain issues or certain responses there was a young lady who had a um broke up with her boyfriend and just had a bad day They started harping on that family. Mom literally had to um, get legal representation to get them to back up off of her. Children, like I said, with the surveys, things of that. And it had everything to do with the LGBTQ agenda. All of that. Um, That's pretty much what was being embedded into the surveys, unknown, unbeknownst to the um, parents. And being threatened with their children being taken away. CPS calling their homes. Um, I've had clients who were in the hospitals literally with their 15-year-old who was now being chained to a bed and the parents were pushed out the room and told that they had no more rights and the hospital took over um, pretty much custody of the child for a moment until CPS got there for nothing. Like, it's just really bizarre, but they are really pushing the agenda to take these children from their parents. And some of these children are ending up in Child Protective Services, and then go on missing. Can't find them. Don't know where they are. You know what I mean? Or it's a fight to stay in touch with them and a fight to get them back, if you get them back. So yes, uh, we're seeing it. I'm seeing it. I know it's being seen in, more, in some states more than in others, but it's happening. It is happening. And so the fight is absolutely necessary. It really is necessary. And being informed is absolutely necessary. So you can fight and not what you're fighting.
6: Wow, that's, that's really scary. I want a that freaks me let out. Me, so let me
2: let me let me take a stab at that. Uh,
6: go ahead, I'll go yeah. after you.
2: <laughs> let me take a stab at it. Okay, so you know, back in the uh back in the 80s, I was a, uh I worked as a volunteer at the Guardian Light and program. I was a child advocate would when there was uh, reports of uh child abuse and my representing the child part of my job was to go in and conduct the interviews you know i found that uh in areas that i worked in uh parents were completely terrified of the child protective services i mean i I got a chance to work closely with the courts got a chance to work with the uh social workers and i did my due diligence to try to give a thorough and complete reporting so there, w- there won't be no mishaps. But it, 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 it happens like anything else. Uh, there's abuses in anything else, uh, like like Trisha was saying, how children go into uh, that system, good reasons, bad reasons. We go into that system and then find themselves on the other end being more abused by the system, uh, being murdered by the system. Uh, my, my, my goal was always that there was an opportunity to put the child back in the home or give a report that was, that was based on my findings, go and say, hey, tell, tell the judge or the chief judge I work with, Judge uh, William Gladstone, the chief judge of family court, you know, and, and try to re- report what I, from the people that I talked to, the auntie, the, the mother, the father, the brother, try to do a a, a real good thorough investigation. So I don't make a mistake. But, you know, if you look at that system today and you look at all the recordings about what's going on, children end up missing, children end up being abused, children ended up being murdered after being placed in someone else's home. Uh, it's almost similar to what, what, what we was talking about earlier, uh, organ harvesting, uh, because uh, growing up in the streets, I understand about pimping. I I knew pimps. I knew prostitutes when I was growing up because I grew up in the hood. grew up in the inner city neighborhood. So I got a chance to see that up close and personal, how people come in and brainwash you and abuse you uh, by making you believe that you're something that you're not. So this is how I see the Child Protective Services. Uh, Their goal is to try to reunite and put children in the best possible advantage point. But they're putting our kids at a disadvantage and they're leaving our children astray and they don't have anybody that they really, really, really can trust. And so that's why you, you see a lot of the apprehension that you see in that system, because it just takes one allegation to change a parent life. It takes one allegation to change that child's life. And that allegation allegation can be false. And it still isn't going. Uh, CPS going and doing their investigation, doing their diligence, their first line of defense is to snatch the child, regardless of the uh, allegation, and now put that child in a system that this, that's strange, that's a stranger to that child. So, yeah, that system definitely needs to be looked into. Uh, we need people that care enough about children to look into situations that's going to put our children in the best possible advantage point.
1: Can I add to that as well before? I just want to say that we also need people in office to change the laws because a lot of times these entities are immune from prosecution. And when they do commit certain crimes, when they do, I have a case right now where there was literally medical kidnap of a child. And the case is too complicated to get involved, but it went all the way from the attorney general all the way through the CPS down to doctors and nurses in the hospital. And it went from New York to Florida. It's a ridiculous case. It's a crazy case. But it was really literally a young baby who was taken from her parents. They made the parents begin divorce proceedings, put the mother out the house, um, took the other kids. And um, even though they knew that they were naturopaths, they injected all of them, gave them all... um, their immunizations against the parents will against their knowledge, which the CPS does not have, have the authority to do. I mean, it's just ridiculous because this baby had Lyme disease and they refused to test her for Lyme disease and was treating her with rheumatoid arthritis while this child was literally becoming crippled because they were refusing to, to, to treat the Lyme disease. And mom and dad kept telling them she has Lyme disease. They called CPS on them and took this child. And so we're suing because it was, a, it was CPS. It was, everyone was just involved in this. And literally we're fighting right now because of qualified immunity <laughs> and them not being sueable entities. And it's just ridiculous. And if you try to sue them in their official capacity, you are hitting obstacles. If you try to sue them in their individual capacity, it's a problem. And so the laws have to change as well, because These people are allowed to do whatever they want to do without consequence, and that is a problem. And so it takes the people to stand up, the people to make noise, the people to flood the courts, the people to flood the legislative offices, because if not, nothing is going to change. And I know the election, I know our system is broken, but the more we flood it, the harder it is for them to steal it, and the more obvious it becomes when they do. So we still have to activate. We still have to do something. We still have to use the power that we have or take the power back that we have and use it against them and use it for our good and the betterment of this nation.
3: You can go
6: ahead, Leticia. Okay, yeah. um, So that that is a a very very big problem right now um everywhere is the cps uh you guys who are in florida i don't know if you've heard of uh maya i think her last name is klowski but they just made a movie about her called taking care of maya this is something that happens everywhere every day in every neighborhood so that particular case was the hospital social worker didn't like the mom who was a special nurse for special cancers for, um, children. So long story short, the social worker was out of Wisconsin and moved to Florida. The hospital didn't do the homework on her. She kept telling Maya that she was pretty and she wanted her and she was going to take her home. The, the, there was two cases in Wisconsin about the social worker from two boys that won their cases. She took them from the parents because she was a social worker and they sued her. I don't know if she molested them or legally, illegally, illegally adopted them, but she didn't like the mom and she kept writing letters to a judge and she medically kidnapped her daughter. So now um, you can Google this. They're picking the trial people. Uh, They've been picking them all week. They settled with the um, one of the doctors, but now they're suing John Hopkins for two hundred and twenty two million dollars because the mom take it after I think like six months. She hung herself. The husband went and got uh, the news involved. The news lady made a movie out of it. And now basically everybody knows about this. But CPS, their problem is just like a family law judge's. Uh, problem, the lawyer's problem, the CPS workers, and all those guardian ad items. They have absolute immunity. Number one is the problem. And I've been campaigning and advocating on both sides of the aisle since 2018. That is their problem. You'll hear it from an ex-NFL wife. You'll hear it from a black person in the hood. You'll hear it from a, a Chinese person. You'll hear it everywhere. So. The problem is, number one, is their immunity. And number two, I believe that once whoever becomes president, I'm praying to God, it'll be Donald Trump. They need to reinstate the death penalty in every single state. And the reason why I say this is because when we give them an inch, and I'm not talking about the left or the right. I'm talking about these mind-manipulating, satanic clowns they want to talk to our kids in school then they pass a bill after that that they can take our kids if you don't want them to be trans so once you give them that we are where we are now like especially in California it's it's 100% legal um, whoever wants to get a hold of me i can send you all the bills that they've just passed rape in California sodomy in California and molestation in California right now today is 100% legal so Back to the immunity. Um, that's the first problem. And the second problem is we don't have the death penalty anymore. The reason why I feel like we need to make examples out of these people, and I'm not just saying the CPS workers. Also, everybody's ex- so ecstatic about Epstein's list. Honestly, I don't think anything's going to happen when they do reveal the list. Number one is because we have have so much evidence on Hunter Biter. Um, nobody's rose up and did shit about it. Number two, you got to think about this list here. You have billionaires who got an island, right? But if we don't have the CPS workers and the minors councils and the guardian ad litems removing these children legally, you can't rape them. You can't get them on an island. So to me, my thing is, I don't give a shit about the list. Who is getting these kids from these group homes? Who is passing these laws at the lower level, the mayors and the city council people who are doing these smaller experiments so they can give this information back to the higher people? Like, well, we just tried this in Compton, California. We build a a group home for minority boys. So if your mom is caught smoking weed and your dad has two traffic tickets, um, they're black, they're on welfare. Well, guess what? We just got away with putting their kid here, right? And one thing a lot of people don't know in America is after six months, legally, they don't have to look for your kids. They don't look for your kids. Once your kid has been bought, It, your child is gone. And a lot of things I think that are the problem is number one, the media. They're all scared shitless to take their cameras down to that group home and start, first of all, talking to the kids. Hey, what happened to Brian? What happened to Joshua? Number two, how long has this worker been here? Number three, how are all these girls getting pregnant if they're here all the time? You know, these group homes, they take the kids to school and pick them up. Most of them, they're not allowed to see their parents. So once we reinstate the death penalty, I believe that's going to have a clear and convincing message rather you're an elite billionaire on an island who's raping a kid or you're a CPS worker who's taking the 250 thousand dollars to go remove that kid and give them to you and take them to that island to have sex with you're you're gonna get the death penalty so I believe once we implement that it'll it'll put America back not exactly where we used to be but it's, it'll, it'll be somewhat where we used to be, where it's like, it's going to be harder for these people, first of all, to traffic the kids because now you got everybody's eyes on the judge who's signing the paper for the kid to be took, the lawyer who's writing the report to the CPS worker and the CPS worker who's legally, illegally removing the kid. So I've been pushing, um, the last year I was on several campaigns in California and in Arizona. Um, so I was mostly talking about the election being stolen, this and that. But I started this podcast to get my voice out there because I've, I've heard it. I've heard it from ex NFL wives that are white, live in very nice areas. Um, they don't want to be married to so and so no more. Here comes the NFL with their, with their big money and they've stolen the child. And, and the worker gets away with it the judge who signs off gets away with it and then you go down to I don't know the East Coast and you have the same thing happening with with Maya's family. you got a social worker who's legally able to kidnap this child and the messed up thing about that part and she's not the first mom that's probably like the 17th I've heard out of Florida but you try Chicago and California and most of these workers, that's another thing I talk about on my show. It's They're always pushing the white people, the white people. So these workers, honestly, they're not white. And the problem is they, they're they not able to get caught because when you call the police and get a rape kit and it's probably 17% of these pedophiles who go to jail, if that in California, that's all they do is put the, the pedophile away. But nobody's going after the person who placed the child there. And if the child's old enough, you know, they're telling their friends, they're writing, you know, letters to the judges on their behalf. And I believe that the death penalty, if we open it up a little bit, because I know Trump three weeks ago um, said that he was going to implement that for traffickers. But what I'm trying to tell him is, and everybody else, it it's not just, Hey, we caught a kid, you know, at the border that Dr. Michael, you know, got out of Phoenix, Arizona, but we're going to just take, you know, the person that now has the kid, the person that bought the kid. No, you need to go and do your research. It's not just, you know, the doctor, it's somebody has to go to court and say that this kid shouldn't be in this home. And the best interest of the child is to be placed somewhere else. So that's what I've been pushing, um, lately. I've been on Twitter. I've been everywhere. People who follow me, who follow Trump and other, other big politicians that I've worked with. I'm like, somebody needs to tell him it's not just the boogeyman at the border. This trafficking thing is deep. And it's like I said, it's the social worker. um, It's the, those adoption people. It's the guardian at litems when a kid's parents went to jail and now the court gives them a court appointed guardian at litem. There's, there's, stacks of complaints against these people and it's not just from you know a poor white person or a poor black person the de- the department of social services is corrupt the bar association in every state is corrupt they already know what judges are being bought by elites and that are purposely taking kids because politician so and so wants to have sex with the 10 year old 11 11 year old girl that has you know blonde hair and blue eyes it's the Judicial Review Board, and it's the bar associations that are still letting these lawyers practice. I mean, I can tell you some stuff about people I've advocated with on both sides of the aisle, you know, and we come together for this purpose. This this is a problem. It's, le- it's illegal, legal kidnapping. So if I wanted to, in Compton, California, be a Mexican Karen... And call social services on, you know, Brenda and Jake, just because I wanted to. And the social service lady who comes, takes the kid. The parents don't have money to to get a lawyer. The news isn't coming down there. Your kid is stuck somewhere. Maybe it's 12 years old, writing letters like, hey, I want to get out of here. So-and-so is touching me or this and that. You know, it's a long, long list of people that are involved with this trafficking. And I... I I believe that once we put the death penalty back in every state, we'll have less missing children, less runaway children, and less minors getting pregnant by these men that they let run these group homes. There's no reason why a grown-ass man should be working in an all-girls group home at all. But these satanic, and it's both sides of the aisle that pass these pedophile laws, these six satanic People got to where they were because the media has divided us. Well, who did you vote for? Or, hey, what about climate change? Who gives a F about all that right now? We have a problem in America. And the problem is that pedophilia right now and rape is 70% legal in most of these states. And that's, that's the problem. That's what I have to say about CPS. Um, they play a big part in it. And like I said, I don't give a damn who was on that island. What I want to know is who in the hell went and got that nine-year-old so they can get raped on that island. And then these people do this regularly. So to me, they're worse than the pedophile. They're the pedophile enabler. They do this day after day after day, and they know damn well what's going on in these homes. They know what's going on in these juvenile halls, and they're corrupt, they're sick, and they're satanic and the next person who becomes president i hope that he pays attention to that cry it's it's not just you know cricket cops and and this and that it's a whole long list of string of people that make this happen that's how you get these laws passed it's a clinical trial they've done it in california it's legal there's not a damn thing you can do if somebody sees your six-year-old and wants to have sex with her you will go to jail you will go to jail if you try to fight against that person. So that's all That's all I have to say about that.
0: Thanks, Leticia. Appreciate that. Definitely have to bring you on for uh, a separate show on that because uh, I- I'm sure from the work that you do, you have a lot of information that a lot of people need to hear. And um, I appreciate you for shedding those red pills. Um, those that are going to be listening to this podcast that's uninformed, and Trisha, I do have a question that did come in
1: for you, but uh, I think you want to say something. Go ahead, Trisha. No, I was just going to say, add to what Letitia said, not much because she said a, a lot. But when she said that it goes deep, it goes deep. The district attorneys, it's the district attorneys are involved. The judges are involved. Everybody is involved. It goes all the way up to D.C., <laughs> That's the problem. So putting the death penalty in, maybe it, it 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 it's I don't know that that is the answer because still you have to convict those people for them to be sentenced to the death penalty. And if you don't have the right people in place, if you don't have the right law legislatures and legislators in place and the right laws in place, then the death penalty—the reason why they it was removed and why people advocated to get rid of it. Um, before in some of the states where it was where it was abolished, then those issues are going to come back to the surface again. Because unfortunately, if the if the protection is there, then those people that are involved in the trafficking are still not going to be the ones that are caught and sent to the death chamber. So there's a lot of levels to um, to go through. Before getting to the death penalty, because if the district attorney chooses not to chooses not to um, charge the person, if the judge chooses to ignore it and throw throw the case out, if, you know, the legislator decides, no, well, this law is good, then it doesn't serve us any purpose. So it's it's a number of steps, because what I've seen district attorneys turn their head to, it's it's mind boggling. It really is. And yet again they have absolute immunity. There's nothing you can do about it based upon our laws right now. And no one is looking into it. No one's looking to try to eradicate that, to get rid of that, none of it. And so they're allowed to do whatever they want to do. So it's a huge chain. So I could tell you about another case, which I'm not going to get into right now, but another case, same thing. The father was, um, he's an attorney at a big firm. He was molesting his children. The mother called and reported it. And what happened? They attacked her and got her out the house and removed her from the home, locked her up, had her arrested multiple times, things of that nature, just because he was powerful. And when you look, he was connected. Talked to the district attorney. District attorney says, ignored it and said, that's not true. It's not what, that's not what's happening. This information was coming from the children and the district attorney ignored it. The judges ignored it all of it because of who he was and who he was connected to. So there you have it. They left those and those children are with that father till today without the mother in the home. And so um, and, and implementing the death penalty, bringing it back, he's not going to be he's not going to fall prey to that. It's going to be someone else. It's going to be something else. You know what I mean? And so we have so much work to do before that. But I understand. I understand what um what you're saying Letitia, as far as it being a deterrent but the problem is it's so much protection at the lower levels and all the way up to the upper levels that they won't even see they won't even get <laughs> they won't even get to that phase unless you yeah. change everything else
6: yeah and that's why i believe where the people stand the government falls so that'll just be part mm-hmm. of it because you are 100 percent true you you that is that is the truth yeah we re- we remove their immunity but like you said, it's their friends that have to, conv- you know, convict them, which they won't just like mm-hmm. George Gaston in California. He's not, he's not going to do it. So I believe that it it needs to be like, uh, like the, the court of, of, uh, people's opinion. I feel like it needs to be people that have had their kids raped and killed. And that who, ne- that's who needs to be the jury. I feel like the whole court system really needs to sit down and we need to make it a community system. Mm-hmm. So when I, I am pushing um, a lot of people that I do know that know Trump personally, I am pushing just to get five minutes of his time because you're exactly right. That's 90 percent of the problem. We remove their immunity, but then their friend is the judge. And even mm-hmm. if it is coming from the kids, like I, I know moms who have videos of what's going on and and um, pictures of what's going on. And I can speak on California. They don't let us bring rape kits in anymore. They don't let us bring children in to talk about who's doing this. They don't even allow doctors reports. These people are so smart. You cannot bring this stuff into court anymore. But once America hears this, I'm sure they're going to be like, well, why? And the reason why is because of what you just said. Okay, we we removed the immunity from the judge, right? But now, and the lawyer, and you can get the death penalty but now it has to be the people, the community that judges these people. So honestly, I feel like we should just get rid of judges because they do more harm than good. And a lot of them are dirty. A lot of oh, them. Yeah. Are Not, yo, oh them. yeah, you yeah, yeah. that's so how. They yeah,
1: they can't speak yeah. against the other person mm-hmm. because then they're there. all their yep. business is going to be put out. Yep. In the street. So So all yep. of that is what has to be addressed, and I, I, I True. think it's going to take an act of God. <laughs> because <laughs> I, it's I mean, so yeah. Deep. It's so I'm,
2: I'm getting lonely ladies i'm getting really lonely oh, i want to get
1: <laughs>
2: we i want to get into got, this conversation
6: yeah, a, <laughs> come, Mike, on in, a, come on in
2: come hey, 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 on hey, in that's how zoom you
6: and her on my sure hey, that's how that's how i got on. started
2: that's how that's exactly how i got started i i experienced an injustice and uh in, in, back in 1987 i was falsely arrested i worked for the courthouse i worked for the police department i can believe that kind of stuff happened to me but when i got involved i didn't know i was walking into when i first ran for office in 1990 and i'm thinking that you know i'm gonna gonna go out and i'm gonna get elected and these people gonna elect me because i want to do the right thing i saw the politics i saw it was based on what you all are saying right now it's about relationship this uh, this is not there's no such things as elections these are selections because these people want to determine who they want to work with? You can have the best candidate. You got the. You could be right-on point with the issues that everybody won't agree with. But that's not how it works behind the scenes because they got these. They have these supervisors of elections. They make sure that these pedophiles get in office if they are Democrat. which we got a lot of Democrat. Democrat uh, in Florida running these uh, these selections. They they let their friends in who's gonna be the judges who's gonna su- support. The person to come before their bench protect them with dismissals this whole thing is need to be just taken out we need to replace these judges probably with some uh artificial intelligence to me somebody's gonna uh, uh, uphold the rule of law and not falter so you know you ladies are right on point this is why i ran the first time i ran because this thing needs to stop they won't let me in, but I don't care. I keep pushing back. I keep coming back. I keep coming back. I don't know how to. I don't know how to quit. You're right on point. This thing is, don't this quit. Thing is don't
6: this quit because we need you.
0: And then I got one more question from Marshall for Tricia. <clears throat> Has there been a discussion to sue the media for their role in the
1: COVID crime? And that comes from Marshall. You know that's interesting because that was a conversation that came up just this week in a circle of attorneys that we've been talking about because we were saying that it's the it's the the media is derelict in their act in their duty to report, but I mean, we have to find out exactly what their duty is by law because it it's they are employed, and it depends on who they're employed by and you know just different things and it's 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 not as simple as it sounds, but there has been conversation. There has been conversation, and there's a group of attorneys that are looking at a number of different lawsuits, a number of different um, avenues to redress the harms of the past few years. But as we all know, these are new and novel areas of law. They're developing. And so we have to be careful because every bad ruling in court makes it harder for the next case to come. And so we are trying to do our best to select cases. I mean, we're not really turning anyone away, but just trying to make sure that we're framing the cases properly um, and making them as strong as possible before taking them into court. So yes, there are, there has been a discussion, but nothing set in stone yet, but it has come up about the media and what they have done and failed to do over the past few years and up till now yes
0: right you know because when you hear a party to the crime like uh say there's three individuals and they go do a home invasion and they end up killing the homeowners and that person sitting in the car Mm -hmm. they get in the car he takes off i mean he can he's gonna get charged with murder too Mm -hmm. if it's revealed and how I look at it <clears throat> is the media was the car, the the person in the car. They were driving. Um, they were being the Judas goat. Uh, mm-hmm. So
1: An accessory. Hopefully, hopefully something can be done. Yeah, because the media is a large part of the problem. They're they, big part of the problem. I agree, and I appreciate you guys
0: for coming on. I know we've been on for a while, and I appreciate you guys' time, and I don't try to go over people's time. So uh, starting with Trisha, Ruben, and Letitia, we'll start off with Trisha. Could you provide the audience um, how they can follow your work or contact you or et
1: cetera? Sure. Um, com is my website for my law firm. I am on Rumble, Truth Social, Telegram. I'm building it. I'm terrible with social media, but I have <laughs> I have people that are assisting me in that area. Um in my Instagram is TSLind33, T-S-L-I-N-D 3. Um and if you just put in my name, I believe on Rumble and um all the other alternate sites. You will be able to find me. Absolutely.
0: And, Ruben, could you uh, give the audience how they can follow you or contact you?
2: Yes. Thank you again, Mike, for having me on. I appreciate this opportunity uh, to share. Uh, they can follow me on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. I have a Facebook page. I have a uh, I'm on uh, True Social. True Social. I'm also on uh, now back on uh, Telegram. So if, for those that want to contact me and share information, you can also reach me at ryoungforcongress at gmail dot com. I mean, I would love to hear from you. I would love to know uh, how you how you view what's going on and 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 take those those point of views with me as I travel through this uh, through this uh, landfill or landmine and in, in seeking to become either a congressperson or someone on the local level or running for Miami-Dade County clerk, of course, if that be the plan. But anyhow, I want to thank you again for allowing me to come on. Tricia, I enjoyed you. Leticia, I enjoyed you guys. Uh, you, you, you're thought-provoking and I really appreciate uh, this conversation.
0: Thanks, Ruben. It's been an honor. It's a pleasure to have you guys on. I, I love to bring you guys back on and awesome. <clears throat> a while back, a lot of members were coming on here and they're they were asking for like legal advice uh we had like jw said we had a lot of parents that were dealing with cps that um were wrongful you know doing to them and i couldn't provide it and um i thought of you know maybe i'll have a show with with several lawyers that can come on here and Give the best advice as possible to people that are just seeking information and trisha i definitely would love to hook up with you and and bring on a couple of the lawyers i know me and Marsha were kind of brainstorming a while ago so um it's an honor to have you guys and leticia i'd love to bring you back on because there's so much stuff that you can shed light on that people need to hear and leticia if you could provide uh where people can follow you uh follow your show, contact you, et cetera, et cetera. And thank you guys so much.
6: Oh, thank you, Mike. Um, so my rumble channel is called The Perkins Report. You can follow me there and hear um, some of the victims I've had on and, and some politicians uh, speaking on the election. I'm also on Twitter. My name, uh, Leticia Victoria Perkins. You can follow me there. I'm also on Instagram, The Perkins Report. And you can follow me, I'm on Getter, I'm on The Right Only, and I'm on True Social. All three under my name, Leticia Victoria Perkins.
0: Thank you, guys. Appreciate you guys. Um, Tonight's show was explosive. A lot of great information being shared, productive conversation. And I hope to have you guys back on again. I, I, like I said, I really, from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate you guys so much.
1: No problem. Thank you for having me, Mike. Thank, thank you. Thank He's you, sir. And Ruben, it was a pleasure.
2: All right. Hey, I want to shout for Laverne Spicer and my man, Derek Gibson. Those yes. my guys.
6: Yes. Thank you. Yeah, they, them too. Good night. All right. Good night.